Blog Talk Radio.
its course. Six thousand years have passed. Now judgment comes upon the law. For time to waste, run to the cross. Drunk old lies of this age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blinded by sin, they call you to join them all into the order that Satan has designed. Men getting ready to sell their soul for a chance to receive his mark. trials, the tribulations, the, the chastening, and the, um, the difficult times, the, the, the fiery trials that, that are to try us. And we're not thinking that it's something strange that's happening to us, although it has crossed our mind. And we just thank you, Father, for these things, because we know that these are things that we have to go through. We don't necessarily understand why, unless we're looking back and at them, you know, years later, but we just praise you, Lord, and thank you for the things that you are bringing to all of us through and teaching us along the way that if we continue to praise, we don't give up. And no matter how long it takes, we continue to praise you. We continue to acknowledge your scripture or promises that you're going to, you, we are going to receive that which we ask for. Then miracles start to happen in our lives and things begin to, um, you know, prayers begin to get answered in ways. Uh, let's see here. Sound is on, but you sound hollow. Something is over the mic. Father, forgive me. Hold on, please. Okay, so I need you, precious sister Vera, to hold on for me, please. Um, I see what's going on. All right. Now I'm going to do a sound check again and see if we have any change, although I don't know. Uh, I'm going to bring Lauren live. Let's see if I got his number right here because we got a couple of six XYZ numbers in the calling queue. Lauren, can you hear me? Yeah. Can you hear me? So you can hear me just fine. Now, all of a sudden, Vera no, is saying me, the word back, B-A-C-K. Go ahead. Expound upon your thoughts there, Brother Lauren. Go ahead. No, before, see, I had to uh, hang up and then call back in, and there was still silence until just now when you um, started talking, when I started hearing you again. So. Okay. Uh, all right. I have, but I have no idea what's I'm, going on, but... Uh, 
that's fine. Uh, you know, there, it, there's nothing – if there's anything that you can believe beyond – I mean, uh, we all believe in Jesus. Amen. <laughs> yep. But if there's Amen. anything else that you want to believe in with all of your heart and know as a fact that it's a fact, you know, not this fake truth or stuff where everybody thinks they know the truth and nobody knows nothing, okay? None of that. But if you really want to believe in something that you can hang your hat on, that is that technology will always let you down. No matter what, you're going to pick up your phone one day. You're going to have an emergency. You're going to, you're going to press on the button. The button's not going to be there anymore. They give a sh- they shape-shifted everything around on your screen, and you're going to be like, oh, my gosh, i got to call. My arm has been blown off by some kind of a madman that just went by with a you know, Sherman tank or something, and I can't even call 911. And that's exactly what we all live with when we're dealing with technology because they got agile development services out there. You probably don't know. Most people don't know what agile is, but I'm here to tell you everybody, including Microsoft, moved moved over to Agile Development, and those pipelines are piping out, and they are making changes to your apps on your phones. doesn't matter what make or model it is. doesn't matter if it's an Apple or an Android or if it's a Motorola or whatever. It, you, you know, every single piece of technology that you touch and use, with the exception of maybe the can opener sitting in your kitchen, is being fed by an Agile pipeline somewhere that's going in and making random on-the-move changes, and they're not telling you about it. So what happens is gizmos and gadgets and widgets and wires and cables and schmables and rail stats and mixer things and all that stuff changes randomly and it's enough to drive most of us off I and mean, we most of us just want to you know like you were saying earlier lauren when we were talking it's almost like you know give me an extra uh, shrimp fork because i'm going to dig around for another spleen here i you know it's enough to drive you up completely bananas but here father father in the name of jesus we just want to thank you for the things that we've been going through we thank you that we're now evidently at least for the time being alive uh, and broadcasting we did want this to be a live show we praise you for that father and we're just going to um pray that everything is anointed that uh that you are glorified as always and um and and we and we do want to thank you father we do want to thank you because you know we're, we're all little by little and I ta- I'm talking about itty-bitty, teeny-weeny baby steps, Father. Little by little, we're learning to trust you. Little by little, we're learning to fall in love with you because you're helping us, and we're asking you. And little by little, uh, we're coming to a place where if we were looking at our lives through the flesh, we would be horrified. But we're coming to a place where we are truly learning to trust you and, and trust you even up to the point of absolute, utter disaster. Knowing that you, we've heard the phrases that you're a last-minute father, you're a last-minute God, but we don't oftentimes realize that it's because you are testing us, testing our faith, that you're waiting to the last minute, and there's also that concept of perfect timing, and we praise you for that as well, and we thank you for answering our prayers, we thank you for the faith that you've instilled upon us, we thank you for the praise that you placed upon our heart, we pray that it is magnified uh, by uh, an anointing that can only come from you, and we thank you for it even now as we progress forward uh, in now, today, tomorrow, and the weeks to come as we expect them to grow ever darker with lots of surprises, uh, positives and negatives along the way. We give you all the praise, honor, and glory, both now and forever. In Jesus' name we pray and thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Watch and pray, for I would come.
for you one day. I gave you my word so you wouldn't know. The time I'd come and make you whole. It's time for you to look around. The signs I gave for coming down. Thank you, Jesus. Now, the, um, one of the things you're going to notice, there's going to be a number of different dynamics that are going to be different about this program tonight. First off, this is an experiment. We've been doing the radio show for over 11 years. Uh, I suppose it's coming quickly up on the year 12. Um, I don't know. I don't really track things that very closely. I usually just ask Alexa and she tells me. <laughs> but anyway, um, uh, the other thing is uh, you're going to hear sounds that you didn't hear before that are, or, or, or that maybe you heard once in a blue moon, but you're going to hear them a lot more tonight because uh, Brother Lauren has joined me this evening to try to help me manage your calls. Now, the other thing that's going to be a little weird is it, 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 we're feeling our way through a dark closet. We have never done this before. I know how the system works, but Lauren does not. Okay, so uh, even though we've done over 200 radio shows together in the past, Lauren just basically picked up his phone, dialed into the the uh, the system, and, and talked. Okay, tonight Lauren is actually joining me as a co-administrator of the program, and he's going to help me if if we even get the, the traffic. We may not get the traffic. You know, I had um, when I first sent out. Uh, you know, I've considered doing a live call-in show now for a long time. I think it's been a, been over a year. It's been crossing my mind now and then. Um, I never really came to a reconciliation over it. Uh, quite honestly, I, I just, I don't know. It just kind of floated out in my, you know, cerebral ether, if you will, but I had considered it. Um, you know, when we had done the, uh, divine healing show with, uh, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, pastor Aaron Wagner, we had, uh, days when the call docs would just fill up like crazy and we were so busy, we couldn't hardly get to all of the calls. But then we had other days that were just strange and weird, and and uh, we we you know we just we we would talk about things and do a little bit of preaching and do, you know and all that kind of stuff, uh, and only end up with maybe a total of three calls for the whole night. So the predictability associated with uh, live call-in shows, uh, at least in the world of Blog Talk Radio, I can't speak for CNN, C- MSNBC, and all that kind of stuff, and then they don't do live call-in shows anyway. Uh, but but my point is, um, we don't have anything to base anything on. Okay. Now I know there are certain subjects, there are certain topics, there are certain things that you can do that will attract people to call into the program uh, in groups, uh, you know, and um, that's not necessarily what's going to happen tonight. 
because I don't know what's going to happen tonight. I have no idea. I have nothing to base it on. There is no other show on the entire Internet that is anything like this program. Uh, you know, we, while I'm not a real big fan of debunking, there's so much incorrect information that's being broadcasted out there across the Internet uh, today. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I really do want to make a big list, like a two-page list of, you know, uh, sources of information that you'd probably want to be careful about listening to because they are either wrong 80% of the time or they're wrong 100% of the time. Uh, or something along that line. Uh, but, uh, you know, but on the flip side of that coin, I don't want to upset our Heavenly Father because I've been instructed that we never disparage one another, and that's what the Bible says. We love one another. And, um, and you know, and I know that I could say, well, gee whiz, the Bible doesn't tell me what I can, what I can and cannot say about an unbeliever. Uh, so that almost theoretically indicates that maybe I would be able to rat out an unbeliever for saying something that was wrong. But what if that unbeliever becomes a believer? Now I got a problem because now I have broken all of the scriptures that said that we do not judge our brothers. Okay, judge not the e be judged. Uh, to whatever measure that you judge another, you will be you will be judged yourself. You know I don't want to be subject to those things, so I'm not gonna. I just my rule is I just never 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 go there. But there's a lot of false information that is being purveyed across the internet right now. Many of them uh, from radio shows that have been out there for uh, as long as we have. Uh, and you know uh, I I'd love to be able to warn you about them, but I can't. I just can't. It's just, it just goes against all the principles of the Holy Bible, uh, all the admonishments that I've seen, and the instructions that I have gotten directly from the Lord. And so I won't. Um, but I can tell you, folks, I get a lot of communications. A lot of people will, you know, they continue to send me uh, YouTubes. They continue to send me information from a lot of these sites uh, that have a, I kid you not, a decade or more of history of being 100% inaccurate. 100% wrong every time. But people gobble it up. They love it. They love it when we trum the waters. They love it when we throw blood in the water and they go like they're, they're just like sharks. Human beings are just like sharks when they're searching that for information and they go after the blood. They want the chum. And so if you, if, you, if you open up a radio show and you say, we're going to talk about all things of the devil all the time, evil, 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 all the signs of the Satan, uh, if you want to know about every place that you look, every uh, you know, uh, license plate that's of the devil, if you want to know every insignia on a gas station picture that's of the devil, boy, let me tell you something. You do a radio show that's on that subject. And your lines will pack like you have never seen them pack before. You do a radio show on Jesus, and you're you're going to have your normal media, me, me, you know, whatever your median number of listeners typically is. You'll have that median line. But if you want to peak out your numbers, okay, then you've got to talk about the devil. You got to talk about things that are evil. You've got to, you know, do a show about the Illuminati and the darkness, and you've got to talk about babies and them drinking blood and all that kind of stuff and cutting people's heads off and all that. Let me tell you something. Your lines will fill up. Back when I had Kenneth as a co-host, we used to joke around about that all the time. We would look at the actual uh, meters, you know, the actual graphs and charts that Blog Talk Radio places up, and um, we, would, we would discuss them. And we would take note. Oh, look at there. Uh, there would be this humongous surge of listens whenever we were talking about anything satanic and of the devil and warning people about all the evil and sickness and twisted stuff. That, man, boy, the meters would just peak. And then we'd have a, a, a radio show about uh, somebody being taken to heaven and Jesus and, and uh, having a near-death experience and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and the numbers would just sink. They'd sink right down. Uh, but, you know, uh, 
we would, you know, so we would say to each other, ha, 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 you know, we got, you know, look at the numbers dropping. We got to chum the waters. We got to throw some body parts in there. We got to throw a little bit of blood, headless babies, things like that. Bring back up the, uh, the amount of fish that we're getting into the fish nets. And then, um, and then coast back over and slide everybody back over to falling in love with Jesus. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't do you any good if you're a fisher of men and you're chumming the water and you're doing all of the things that you need to do to attract the fish into the boat. And then you don't at least give it your best shot to try to bring people to where they need to be in righteousness and holiness to get off this alien demon infested rock. Right. Amen. Because really, at the end of the day, what good, you know, when you think about it, oh, my, I'm sorry, I couldn't sleep with myself. I, I, I would roll around and pitch in my bed. I would be so afraid of God and the punishment that I would receive, you know, if I was allowed into heaven, if I brought lots of fish into the boat and I did not warn them of what the stuff is that's coming upon the earth. Okay, so that makes a very challenging paradigm associated with doing any kind of a radio show at all, Um, uh, especially one that does live uh, broadcasting, simulcast, you know, know, live stream uh, while we're actually recording the podcast. And then um, and then we stay on podcast. This is a weird, weird format uh, that is very, very different than what YouTubers do. It's very, very different than Hal Turner or whatever. It's very different. It's very different. And so um, that that adds an element of surprise for us. We have to adjust our behaviors and how we do programs um, very, very differently than other pro, you know, than YouTubers do, than people that do live simulcasts on Facebook. All of those technological services operate differently, attract attention differently, and um, have features and functions that operate differently and of course on account of that uh managing them uh appropriately is also very different depending on what electronic venue you've chosen praise god so anyway um this program has metamorphosed and i'm just letting you know this as an fyi this program has metamorphosed over the years to become um you know uh People, people, we used to have now, now Sister Terry Hill draws a much, a very large live crowd. Okay. Um, we get, uh, we, you, we also have a relatively good sized live crowd with uh, Dr. Joy and Brother Zen. Okay. Uh, however, the um, rest of the programs with Elena and Robert and Lauren and and uh, Gary Wayne and and, and and other guests that we bring on, bring on, what we see is the live listens will tend to drop down on certain folks that we have on the program and but the the podcast listens will level everything off so the actual um total listens stay relatively level even though the way people listen throughout the week depending on the guest or whatever it is, whatever the dynamic is I, I can't read people's minds so i don't know but as a general rule the overall total listens stay relatively stable uh but but for terry's show and for zen and joy's show we get a larger number of live listens but the grand total of listens stays relatively stable even though people tend to shift over to podcast now I will say this because it's very relevant to um, what uh, we expect might happen tonight. Because of the shift over to podcast listens for Tribulation Now, 
What that means, um, and I have some incoming here. So you're hearing you're hearing my back channel communication. I wish I could join, but I will be working then. So this is uh, uh, one of the folks that does a regular listen. I'm going to go ahead and blank out the background because I've it, it, people are very see the regular listeners that have been listening for 11 years. When they heard that I was going to do a live uh, phone phone call in show, they were like, oh wow, you know, kind of thing like that. So what's happening is a lot of these people are either getting off work, they're arriving at work, and all that kind of stuff. And so they're like texting me now, and they're going like, oh, man, I wish I could be there. I wish I could be on the show. You know, and we've gotten also a mix of emails, some of them saying, boy, John, you're getting really brave. Do you have any idea what you're up against here? And, and then we have other people that are saying, no, wait a minute, Johnny. If you throw out certain topics out there and you just toss out the topic, toss out the topic, toss out the topic, you'll probably attract people to call in. So they're – I, the only thing that's consistent is inconsistency. Okay, simple as that. Right, Lauren? I mean, come on, look at your life. Right. Look at it, your kids. Look at where they went, where they're going, what's going on, the reptilian uh, hideout in the back of your house, your, your overabundance uh, love for cornflakes, and all the weirdness that goes on in your life. And, I mean, you, you know, the only thing that is weird is, well, you. And me. I mean, we're weird in our own ways, but, I mean, we, we're like the antithesis, or is that the right word? We're the epitome. There it is. There's the word I wanted. We're the epitome of weird. When you put the two of us together, it's like oil and water, but we're like the king of weird, both of us. <laughs> That's right. You're not supposed to laugh. You're supposed to contribute. Come on, man. Chime in here. <laughs> you bet your sweet peppy. There you go. That was astute. Thank you very much. Uh, well, anyway, so, and you might say, oh, no, I need you to do all the funky news and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, we don't really know. Okay, it says you sound, I'm checking some of my emails. You sound really great now, back to normal. Uh, and then, of course, Justin also mentioned that I had some dead air there, which we knew. I, I figured that out. And then, and praise God for the contributions from be, from people that are out there listening to the live streams. Now. Let me just go ahead and say that what we're going to do, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm torn between 50 lovers, because, you know, and that's, a, of course, a colloquialism, uh, a type of a metaphor, because in a way, I, I don't like skipping the apocalyptic headline section of the news. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do something kind of weird, and uh, I'll pause every once in a while and get Lauren to, to make a comment, because he's oftentimes has some very astute contributions from a different viewpoint, which, by the way, is why we're doing this program with the, the live call-in, just to see, A, how does it work? B, do, do we get some ideas that we haven't considered or, and, and are super cool and awesome? Um, and, uh, you know, just to make things interesting, you know, while we're waiting on our departure, because our departure is growing ever closer. All right, don't even get me going on the Bill Gates prediction on the Hill and on the main, you know, all over the place. It was on the Hill. It was on uh, um, uh, the Gateway Gateway uh, Pundit, uh, where Bill Gates compared Trump to JFK. Uh, you've got the uh, Lincoln Memorial prediction, where Donald Trump uh, at Fox News Town Hall uh, at the Lincoln Memorial, um, uh, you know, sits there very symbolically of, you know, Lincoln, which – what was the only other president that was assassinated? Okay, that, that whole concept. And then you've got um, 
then you got the Simpsons prediction, uh, whereby in, um, and I have to zoom in to get the actual uh, date of the show. It's, oh, okay, it was called, all they're saying about it is it was season 11, and evidently, according, you know, following by the date of this article, it's August 27th of 2020. So somewhere around that date, season 11 is where they put Trump in a coffin. It says, um, uh, and uh, yeah, it seems to indicate, uh, all it says, oh, okay, they, they said that the title of the um, uh, Simpsons prediction episode, which is season 11, uh, is Bart to the future. And they had Donald Trump, no doubt about it. It what didn't look like Donald Trump. It was Donald Trump. And uh, so you've got those three dynamics in play. You've also got the dynamic of, as I've mentioned many times recently, the 1988 production of the movie They Live, where in the very last scene, they, you know, they put on the sunglasses and they see reptilians all over the place. And in the very last scene, they walk into a, a you know, basically the World Economic Forum, and you know, the equivalent of it, and, the, you know, the elites. And the elites are saying we are going to essentially institute the New World Order, the Great Reset in 2025. That was done in 1988. Things are getting all very supernaturally coincidental right now. Don't don't even I mean, that doesn't even take into consideration the half a dozen people that we brought on. Wow. Back in like 2015, no, 2016-ish, it would have been around about that year when Trump took office. We had a, a handful of people that we brought on the program that through prophecies, dreams and visions from the Lord had seen Donald Trump in a coffin. Okay, so um, this is getting very, very interesting. Okay, even in the in all the weird dynamics that are taking place, it's so strange. We've got Democrats turning against Democrats. We've got all kinds of things. We got the uh, Supreme Court ruling that it's about to come out any day now, or uh, that will make it so that the state legislatures have to vote in order to turn the state red or blue if there's a close call or a claim of fraud. No more judges. Just the state legislatures. That is monumental. That could absolutely destroy any plans to use fraud and, and ballot stu- stuffing and all that kind of stuff. Like in 2000mules.com, it could wipe it out, completely make it irrelevant. That would put the Soroses of the world, the Obamas of the Antichrist of the world, and all of these other entities from the global Christian Anti Crime Syndicate put them in a jam and open up the door for Donald Trump to have a landslide uh, election. So, um, you know, all these things are indications that we might only be here for a couple of more years. Now, granted, it is possible that after, you know, let's just assume this is all accurate and Trump is assassinated. He's reelected. He's, he's assassinated or it's a fake assassinated, like, a, like an Epstein kind of thing. And they take him to Mount Weather in an underground thing and just kind of fake the whole deal, put a body double in there with a wig on. And, you know, all that kind of stuff could happen. We don't know. But let's assume that it does. We don't know. It's possible that you know that that would definitely trigger a civil war in the United States. It would be massive. It would be absolutely bloody, and um, and and uh, you know, and possibly martial law at that point. Who knows how many different things will happen across the world? Whether or not Russia will fly bombers over top of us because we're a lame duck at that point. We so many things could come into a perfect storm convergence if this all goes down like it kind of like it seems like it might. And it could explode the apocalyptic timeline so rapidly that the things that were in the Sarah Manet vision, the chemical 
uh, chemical uh, uh, contamination of many cities in the United States, people breaking out with mustard gas-like blisters and dying within 24 hours, uh, Ebola-like viruses wiping people out in Utah, in, in Atlanta, I forget what the other city was, ground-based nuclear bombs going off in, a, in seven different cities across the United States, including Seattle, Los Angeles, I can't remember if San Diego was one, I don't think so, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, Washington, D.C., New York City, people were getting all worked up about New York City because they were doing a test, but they always do tests. Every single year, New York City does what's called NBC testing, nuclear, biological, and chemical testing, and they do drills. That is a fact. All right. So anyway, um, but uh, we do know that they are on the list, the prophetic list of the ground-based nuclear bombs that are going to go off eventually. But what we don't know is we don't know whether or not the bride, the first fruits, barley harvest bride of Jesus, which I pray that we all aspire to be a part of, it does not tell us if we are going to be here. All we can assume, and this is an assumption, it's not a guarantee, is that the last couple of words in the end of the third seal, which is the global financial collapse, where it says do not harm the oil or the wine, implies that the entire bride will still be here on earth at the time of the global financial collapse, which will essentially mean that all of the developed countries will have their ATMs shut down. There will be runs on the banks. People won't be able to get their money. There will be riots in the streets. You know, who knows if it's going to be a WEF-sponsored cyber attack event? We don't know. Is it going to be a false flag? Where does it fit? How does it juxtapose amidst the, all the other end times events, including the Cascadia subduction zone event that's going to just practically completely wipe out the Pacific Northwest? I mean, how does it fit amidst the uh, two uh, F-16s that uh, launch a tactical nukes against the Fort Al facility in Iran. And when does that happen? Well, you know, there are pieces to these puzzles, these end times events that we do not exactly know where they fit. In fact, amidst all of these events, we don't really exactly know when the barley harvest departure of the bride, the first fruits departure of the bride occurs. All we can assume is via the Bible text that it is exceedingly likely that it will be after the global financial collapse and sometime definitely prior to the sixth seal. How far into World War III do we go? We don't know. Do we leave before World War III really gets going? Do we leave before the bombers fly over the United States? Do we leave before the ground-based nukes go off? We don't know. That's the problem with the analysis. There's no way to be able to stitch it together in chronological order with any certainty. One thing, though, however, that does look relatively promising based upon the uh, portfolio of all the information that we've been tracking over all these years is this Trump dynamic. And it certainly is, bar none, the biggest, the baddest, the most amazing, the most astonishing, the most impactful event that could potentially uh, that could occur worldwide that would cause, beyond any shadow of a doubt, a civil war in the United States. I've had people say, well, the mask thing's going to do it, the vaccination's going to do it, this, that, and the other thing's going to do it, Donald Duck's going to do it, Walt Disney World, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you know what, at the end of the day, really, folks, the only thing that's going to cause it is Trump making it into the office, everybody saying, thank God the United States has been saved. And they're all waving their flags and going, God bless the USA. And all the, the voting things have been fixed, and everybody's just rejoicing that all this stuff, and all of a sudden, pff, Trump's gone. Let me tell you what, all them militias that have been out there that the FBI's been intentionally leaving alone, while they go off after innocent people from a fake 
uh, false flag January 6th event. But they believe in all the, uh, you know, right-wing neo-Nazis and the real uh, uh, militias alone. Haven't done a thing about them, haven't arrested a single one. That's interesting, isn't it? Considering how aberrant the FBI is. Sounds to me like they're part of the master plan. So anyway, um, we do see a convergence converging of these events it you know and it and could it mean could it indicate that we may only be here for a couple of more years i mean if you do the math and you look at where we are in 2022 and you look at 2023 2024 we do have to go all the way to november of 2024 uh, actually we got to go to the, like january 2025 for him to get inaugurated so anyway um so there's a little bit of a wait um, but that would put us in the year 2025 that would align to the prophecy in the 1988 movie they live um that would also – it would set up a lot of stuff. It would set up a lot, a lot of stuff. The only thing is we don't know how much longer past that event we're going to be here. That's – if I come up with anything, you know, you know, but again, there's always a margin of error, and there's a high level of likelihood that we will be wrong in our estimations. Praise God, because we don't – we can't predict God. We can try, but we can't. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, on that note, I just wanted to go ahead and share that with you. And uh, we'll check on the kids. Kids, are you there? All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, kids. Now we're going to we're going to bring the uh, program live for Collins very, very soon. Uh, In fact, probably within the next five minutes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe 10. Uh, So I do want to toss that data out there to you so you know if you are planning to call in be ready because we are going to open up the phones and we're going to try to take them first come first serve and that kind of thing i hope i just want it to go really well if it doesn't go really well no problem we've lived we've learned we tried it and we won't do it again <laughs> you know it's actually pretty easy uh, but but I did want to at least give it a try. Um, uh, but for but for starters, let's go ahead. I'm going to take this humongous. I mean, folks, it's hundreds of apocalyptic news headlines that were sent into the program for tonight's show, and I'm going to like kind of like skim over them. A lot of them will kind of be like, ah, thank you, Captain Obvious. I was on a totally different track, kind of thing. There might be a couple of like, wow, I can't believe it kind of things. That usually does happen. Uh, but I'm going to kind of just kind of breeze through them real quick because that is not the focus of the show tonight. The focus of the show is to see if we get some interesting callers. Okay. Uh, amen. Praise God. All right. And let's go ahead and, and breeze over some of these headlines, and then we're going to go right over to the call-in portion of the show. Praise God. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Not normal. Game over. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, Lauren, hang in there for me. I'll uh, get you to comment, uh, but I want to. go super fast through a handful of these. Like I said, we got over 200 of these lined up. And so let me just go ahead and hit some of these. Uh, one of them is the U.S. Would, uh, would use force against Iran as a last resort, Biden tells Israeli TV. So what does that mean? 
it really just lets you hang and you don't know. You can't assume anything and you can't believe anything that shape-shifting reptilian tells anybody anyway. Because Obama's speaking through them and, and it is so convoluted and sick and twisted and evil, words cannot describe. Okay, exclusive. After watching 2000meals.com, Sheriff launches Voter Fraud National Hotline. Okay, praise God. And that's an announcement from the Epic Times. And in this particular case, let's see if it says right at the tippity top uh, which which the sheriff which sheriff it was. And unfortunately, the bummer is it does not say which, what the name of the sheriff is right on the main page. All right, so I'm going to go ahead and move on uh, there. But anyway, it's catching on, folks. It's catching on, and 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 it's 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 uh, manifesting so- itself in new laws for states, the removal of ballot boxes, and also. Also, resolutions like the one that we saw from the GOP in Texas saying that, hey, the Biden presidency is officially illegitimate and we have made a proclamation to state so. So things are, you know, moving forward uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of at a surprisingly high pace, but it's all over the road. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Uh, European heat wave, France, Spain, Portugal, battle wildfires. UK is an on extreme heat alert. And we probably got, like I say, every single time, every single show, these brush fires, these horrific fires, they call them gigafires in some cases because they're so big, they're going to get worse every single year. This is going to be a bad year, folks, and it's going to be a bad winter, too. And with all the the LNG, liquid natural gas, essentially all of it, cut off just about uh, from the European Union, which they heavily depend upon, uh, I feel sorry for them. I, I think people are going to die from freezing to death. And I think they know it, too, and they're trying to do something about it. All right, praise God. Next one up is Fauci concedes the COVID-19 vaccine does not protect very well against the infection. But then he makes the claim that, uh, you know, less people get hospitalized. And I'm like, no, no, you're a lying reptilian and you need to just uh, – vengeance is God's father. God, please take this into your hand in the mighty name of Jesus. All right, the next one up is uh, Germany will stop buying Russian coal on August 1st and oil until December 31st. So again, they're taking heavy stands, and these heavy stands are going to lead to a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of good people dying and freezing to death and starving to death because they can't cook. Praise God. North Korea recognizes the Donbass republics is another headline. Again, that's uh, North Korea siding with the BRICS group, the China, you know, Russia, Brazil, India, South Africa, uh, and no surprise there. We should expect that. Praise God. Thank you to Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. Again, um, uh, there, let me see. Sweden accepts NATO's approach that nuclear weapons are essential for defense. Of course, that would be something that would really make uh, Putin grow some hair. <laughs> so anyway, uh, that that's not something that they, you know, after joining NATO, you don't want to be saying that. And Putin's watching very close and they're debating even as we speak right now. They're having meetings in, the, in their, uh, I guess they call it a Duma. Uh, they're having official meetings to decide what they're going to do about the um, uh, Kaliningrad uh, Lithuanian train blockage situation. Because at first they pulled up a bunch of missiles and Lithuania brought uh, Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. And they did stopped stopping the train, and now they're back to stopping the train again, no doubt, because the shape-shifting reptilians and the World Economic Forum and all the evil ones are putting the thumb on them and saying, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you know, because they're trying to push us into World War III. A lot of this stuff isn't a surprise to a lot of people. Here's another one. This is kind of interesting. Shipping backlogs from the Suez, uh, Suez Canal is currently creating chaos that could take months. 
too clear. And this report is out of the Jerusalem Post. Another one says the United States dollar and the euro are equal for the first time in two decades. That is not a good sign because that indicates that the collapse of the money system in the European Union has begun. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, We have Hungary that is now publicly declared an energy emergency, which essentially means that we believe our people are going to start to die once we get into the fall and winter seasons. Okay. And you could get into all the, you know, you know, if you read the article, you hear a little bit of, you know, hey, we got our LNG cut off. Hey, we got this cut off. We're trying to shift over to coal, but it's not going to be enough. And we're very, very concerned, but there's really no resolution in sight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. Amazon admits it handed over ring doorbell videos to the police without consent. That's pretty creepy, folks. So now you can figure that, hey, if you own Amazon video equipment, that uh, what else are they handing over? Huh. Interesting. I'm glad mine is on Amazon. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Although I can't guarantee that they're not, you know, doing something evil with it. All right, Canada to fix five more turbines for the Nord Stream pipeline, which is the LNG. Uh, no, no, that's Nord Stream. That's that's not the uh, Gazprom line coming across the Ukraine. So we'll see where that goes. There are some measures that people are, you know, different uh, diplomats and such are trying to get into place, uh, and and we don't know where it's going to end up. Another one, secret information. Moscow authorities refuse to disclose the uh, the locations and the conditions of the nuclear bomb shelters in the Russian capital city. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. We None of us know. Uh, But I will say this. There is a, I'd say about a 20% increase in uh, news articles and headlines that are talking nuclear. So we see the word nuclear. If we were to do like a scan of keywords over all of the apocalyptic news on every show, I would say there's probably about a 2 to 10% increase every four or five days on the word nuclear. So we're seeing a lot of increase in chatter. We'll call it electronic chatter associated with the word nuclear. Now, does that make me get all spooked up? And, oh, no, this, that, and the other thing. No, no, it doesn't. I just don't feel any nuclear events are going to happen because Sarah Manet in 1979, when she saw her, when she got her vision from the Lord, she didn't see any nuclear events. She saw the uh, ground-based nukes going off, but not until after Israel launched tactical – first, the thing that she saw, and this is the most important part, first thing that she saw that was nuclear in nature – was a missile being launched from Libya into Israel with a nuclear warhead on it. And then she said that kicked off. She said then other countries started launching nuclear weapons. And then she saw the ground-based nukes, the Jericho dynamics, and the, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, Something of all fears. I forgot, I'm forgetting the first word of the, the movie. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it, it, we know that all that's going to happen. We've got all the confirmations we need. Um, we've got uh, headlines talking about the uh, fighting going on over in the Pacific Ocean, and I'm talking about Cold War, war type fighting. Uh, you know, destroyers being sent to irritate China. China sending out. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, you know huge numbers of aircraft and bombers over Taiwan. So that's continuing full gangbusters. I'm not going to, uh, you know, uh, break, I'm not going to break each one of those apart because there's just a bunch of them. Uh, stuff going on in, in Hong Kong. And, you know, there's quarantines that are going on. One person brought up the possibility that, uh, you know, maybe the Chinese shipping had been uh, interrupted again. Uh, we don't have any indication of that and no confirmations of that right now. Although we do know that China is using their zero COVID policy to shut 
shut down Wuxi, China, and some other locations inside of China, uh, and it is causing the same type of horrific, um, you know, global reset 2.0 human control dynamics that China is world famous for and we're heading gangbusters toward at absolute beyond light speed praise God thank you Jesus all right so again um, there's some other headlines here some about UFOs Biden bragging about an uh, importation record regarded foreign workers that's a bunch of poppycock um, there's just a bunch of stuff I'm kind of you know, scrolling through, looking for anything that's really huge. Uh, one about the Earth's population growth. Um, Starbucks closing 16 stores. New York releases PSA for residents in the event of a nuclear attack. So there's uh, that's the report that a lot of people were. Now that's a public service announcement, and that's why people are getting their bees in their bonnets. They're going, oh no, they have a public service announcement, and oh, a nuclear war, a nuclear bomb is going to go off in New York City, and blah blah blah, blah and all that kind of stuff. I don't ever get my I don't, it doesn't affect me. I'm, I just, you know, could it happen? Of course it could. Have we ever, has anyone ever there, out out there with a YouTube channel, claiming that they're hearing from whistleblowers, claiming that they have an extensive background in the CIA, the NSA, uh, and the Israeli Mossad, claiming this, claiming that, has any one of them ever been right about one of their predictions? And the answer is no. Because God is in control. Okay? It doesn't mean that they're not getting information that at the moment in time that they got it was believed by the person that was leaking the information. It simply means that it didn't come true. Okay, we got another headlines that, you know, there's a lot of headlines out there about layoffs, hiring freezes, uh, continuous collapsing of the S&P 500, blah, 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 you know, freezes going on. There's all that kind of stuff. We've got crops that are being taken under. We've got endless floods. Um, just it, it just it, all the stuff that we report on virtually every single show, the extreme heat over 100, 110 degrees in Texas, of course, they'll blame that on a bunch of cows that they killed uh, using, using some sort of strange. Uh, uh, you know, bioweapon attack on the cows because they're trying to kill us all through starvation. I mean, the list is just absolutely mind-bending, but it is pretty much similar. Like, here's another one. Mega crowd worsens across the Southwest and the United States as scorching heat, uh, you know, uh, uh, hits the various sections of the country. Um, Trudeau is intentionally trying to cause a food shortage, and it goes on to explain that he pulled, uh, he made a big change in the nitrogen policy in Canada that's going to gravely affect the ability for them to fertilize crops. And on and on and on it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. Except we have Lauren on the program. Lauren, would you like to make a comment? <laughs> yes. Well, where I live, uh, projected for the next two weeks, will be in the 90s or above. So that mega drought, you know, um, where I live is in Rap City, South Dakota, and they've done an excellent job of um, promoting job growth and bringing uh, um, existing businesses up to speed as well, you know, um, as well as bringing in outside businesses into state and uh, getting things going here in South Dakota in general, Rapid City here. But Rapid City is a semi-arid environment out here on the west, call it West River. And uh, so at what point do you reach a tipping point? At what point do you get so many businesses and the people working and running them, et cetera, putting the demands on the water supply that you reach a tipping point coupled with this mega drought? So the mega drought is basically hitting the southwest, west, southwest, south area, you know, but it's 
you can see where it's kind of moving up this direction. And you think of in terms of like an aquifer, okay? So the, aqu- the, the dams, Lake Mead, Lake Powell, et cetera, it's drying up like crazy. Well, that would also might indicate that the underground aquifers in those areas are drying up also. And, you know, millions and millions of gallons of natural aquifer water has been shipped overseas to other nations, you know, particularly China. And uh, so the aquifers are drying up. So at what point do the aquifers here in South Dakota end up bleeding off, you know, draining into those drained aquifers in the southwest, thereby putting the big crunch here and does anybody ever concern themselves about this or concern that maybe some aquifers are interconnected you know at some point and what's happening in the southwest will actually drain us here so at what point do you reach a tipping point at what point should you should uh, the authorities be proactive but lauren but lauren yeah don't yeah. you know that the Department of Homeland Security has already deemed uh, South Dakota as an unimportant state, and they have no intention of stopping taking your water? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, yeah. you, you bring up a very valid point, um, and I just think they don't care. My, my two cents is they don't care. They want to kill us. No. And they're going to do it 50, yep. 000, 50 ways a Sunday. It's death by – It's. I used to say it's death by 1,000 cuts. No. Yep. It's death by 10,000 cuts. They're doing it in hyper-slow <laughs> yeah. motion. Oh, yeah, definitely. Those, yeah. Right? I mean, is there a yeah. single person that's awake and aware that knows the stuff that the listeners of this program know and – looks into the future and says, oh, my Lord Jesus, hallelujah, how long is this going to take? I even, you know, when I'm praying, I'm like, I tell the Lord sometimes when I'm, you know, on my knees in the morning time, I say to the Lord, Lord, I'm with the, I'm with the martyrs underneath your throne. How long, Lord? You know, yeah. how long? <laughs> you know, I sometimes yep. I actually have conversations like that with God because I, I just think to myself, my goodness, and then, then what happens if, what happens if um, Blondie, uh, you know, uh, Mr. Trump or whatever, uh, what, you know, Mr. MAGA, what, what happens if he comes back um, and, uh, and, and all that stuff actually does happen and the Civil War does break out, but all the rest of the stuff kind of just hangs there? You know what I mean? So, because all of us yeah. are going to be looking at the Donald Trump event, we're going to be looking at the Civil War. We're going to be on our knees in prayer, going, "Lord, please don't let these ra- raging, ra- raping mobs of bandits come to my house." Oh, Heavenly Father, Holy Fire of God, I call down, and and you know we're going to be on our knees as the Bride of Jesus Christ would be during that time, not participating. And um, but the, the but what happens if that subsides? And we go back to death by 10,000 cuts. Can you imagine the agony that we're going to be feeling at that point with all of our hopes being lifted up over the 2025 possibility? And then, like, you know, civil war breaks out, martial law goes in the place, and then little by little by little, slow as can be, year after year, it just keeps dragging on. And they're still trying to provoke Putin into doing something. <laughs> we're all going to be going like, you know, 
it'll, you know, it's like, what do you do next? Right. I mean, so I'm kind of hoping right. that all heck is going to break loose. And, you know, we, we we're given some major hope of uh, ultra fast, rapid fire end times event explosions after 2025. Praise God. That's what I'm kind of hoping for. Of course, you, you, you know, I, I know you, you you might see things a little bit differently. I mean, you do have that uh, that very, very strange Beverly Hillbillies affinity for cornflakes. I, I, you know, I don't ever have any idea how you're going to answer a question, but I just figured I'd toss the mic back over to you. What do you think? Yeah, so, so okay, so a lot of places like Los Angeles, um, Las Vegas, Phoenix, et cetera, those cities down there are false. Uh, false ecosystems built on man's technologies. They, if it wasn't for our technologies, those cities would not exist in their current format. It would be unsustainable to grow to such large population loads. It's only because of our technologies. Okay, So when you take away the water, when you take away the electricity generation from Lake Mead, Lake Powell, etc., now you're putting people back a hundred years ago, and what are they going to do? They're just going to sit there and starve to death, or fry, or freeze to death. They're going to leave. They're going to leave in droves. So we're looking at umpteen number of millions of potentially millions of people flooding into the other areas of the country that still have water, still have electricity. So what happens? You know, South Dakota wants to promote population growth via business growth. Okay, that's good. That's a good business model but at what point does it become unsustainable if you have refugees flooding across the border you're just a little behind the times bro everybody's got refugees flooding across the border right here in south dakota they rebel when you know when they get on the bus and you know and they're and the uh you know the border patrol agents are getting on the bus and and they're like well the biden people told us to, to drop you off in another state you know it's like the bus driver says well this bus is going to south dakota and then all the mexicans are like going no not south dakota yeah. So, no, I, I mean, American mean? American citizens <laughs> that are now refugees, American citizens that are displaced. So we looked at a, a Great Depression, the uh, Dust Bowl era, the it's Dust Bowl now. years. It's happening now. So there was uh, millions of people that just had to pull up stakes and go somewhere else. And at that time of our country, we had somewhere else to go to, you know, to start over. We don't yeah, have Canada. anywhere – we don't have anywhere anymore and and if south dakota were forward looking enough even so is there enough resources here to increase the population population i think there's like less than a million people in the whole state i could be wrong on that maybe it's grown uh since i last knew about it or something but it's a a low population state so what happens if 10 million people show up guatemala just crossed over just letting you know (laughs) 10 million people. Uh, what if all the people from Los, oh, <laughs> Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Phoenix show up in South Dakota? Okay. Oh, that would dude, be an unplanned economic then. event. Skid Row will be there. <laughs> that's that's time yeah no forget about it you know what at the end of the day you're you're right but you know looking at it even from a larger scale picture there's no place to run i mean at the end of the day you can analyze exactly there's no place to run i don't i have believe me i have thought about expatriating and i've got some jack if i need to expatriate i do an expat thing if i needed to i have enough in my savings you know that i could pull it off 
Now, I couldn't pull it off anywhere I wanted to go, but I could pick some of the cheaper places that had provisions for old, tired, fat guys in Hawaiian shirts, okay, and I could go, um, uh, you know, but uh, I just don't feel led by the Lord because I, you know, even those countries are under unbelievable apocalyptic end times turmoil right now. There really isn't any yeah. place on planet Earth that isn't horrifically in trouble. They're all in trouble. Yeah, I mean, there were times, that's there, right. there, Costa Rica is a mess. I mean, United that is the number one expat location for Americans in the world. And right now, Costa Rica is in a political upheaval. So, um, you know, short of climbing a banana tree for bananas every day uh, and living, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, 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 you know, in Bora Bora, you know, up on the mountainside where nobody knows where you are, uh, I don't think there's any options. So anyway, I don't know, but but I do see what you're saying, and uh, but I, and I want to go ahead into that. We're at the eight o'clock hour. We're seven, we're one hour into the program, and I want to shift over to the call in section of the show because that's the whole purpose why we're doing this. Yep. Now, what I will say is I've learned something already. You know what, Lauren? I have a good time doing shows with you. We ought to do this more often, even if we're not doing a call-in show. <laughs> so sure. uh, we might have to do that. But anyway, I just wanted to pass <laughs> that out there. Um, because, you know, you're just so aberrant and, and unusual. It's just a blast doing a show with you. You believe in things that nobody <laughs> believes in. I mean, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. You're so much like me, but so different than me. I just don't know what to do. But anyway, um, okay. Yeah, get yourself a, a silo full of cornflakes and then a, a, a oh, truckload of Reese's Pieces, and you're all set. Oh, no, don't even <laughs> tempt me. And those those uh, soft, chewy Werther's, have you ever had those things, man? Oh. That is yeah, definitely you betcha. Oh, they're scary. They're frightening. Those will make you go clinical on the pig out. You will go clinical. Wow. You will get one of those yeah. and you'll have like this little bag of like, you know, thirty pieces of the soft, chewy Werther's and you'll be like, I'm just gonna have just a little treat. I'm gonna just have three of them and you'll pull three out of the bag. 30 minutes later, the whole thing will be gone. And you'll be like, oh, my gosh, what did I do? And you'll be like, um, I'm going to lose all my molars. And you're like calling the dentist up in advance, making an advance. You know, it's like, oh, it's happened to me, folks. I'm telling you, those things are dangerous. They should be outlawed. You know, they're worse than, uh, what do they call that uh, stuff, fentanyl. They're worse than fentanyl. <laughs> well, they don't kill you, but, well, maybe in the long run they do. But anyway, okay, so... On that note, let's go ahead and share with the listeners. Now, we do have one person who has pressed the magic number one button, and the last four of that individual is 3130. So you are teed up to come live very, very soon. Um, now, first, uh, though, I'd like to go ahead and share with the listeners, just because you might feel so inclined, a couple of things. Okay, first and foremost, many people may not have the call-in number. By the way, I am drinking a, uh, a bunch, well, I'm only on the second one, of these um, – they're heavily carbonated, and I, I'm, I'm – you know, kind of concerned that I might not catch myself fast enough with the mic mute. So anyway, but I wanted to warn you about that. Okay, but the number to call in is, again, if you have your little, you know, post-it note and your G2 pen, 319-527-6020. 
Once again, 319-527-6020. Now, you can also go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash tribulation-now, and you'll be able to see the show there live, and you can click on it, and it will also show you the call-in number there as well. 319-527-6020. If after you, you may likely hear a voice that says, if you would like to speak to the host, press 1 at this time. That's the only way we can tell if you want to share something on the program. Okay? All right. So, because otherwise, like right now we have one person and it puts a little uh, hand, like the person's raising their hand right by their phone number. That's the 3130 number we got queued up. All right. However, the rest of the people that are in the call doc, uh, which is 0242 is your last four, 2041 is your last four, 6318 is your last four, 3478 is your last four, and 7864 is your last four. Now, we have all those queued up, but we do not know if any of those want to talk on the program. Okay, you have to press the one on your keypad to tell the Blog Talk Radio system that you want to be queued up to be brought live. Okay, no pressy wanty, then we don't know that you want to talk. Okay, so then then all we have left to do is just probe around and ask silly questions and listen to silence on the other end because people are embarrassed. So, you know, again, press the one, 319-527-6020. Press one to talk to the host. You'll get we'll be able to see that you want to come on the air and then uh, we can bring you live and have fun. Okay, maybe get some laughs. All right, praise God. Or really learn something that's like super cool, something that you feel that somebody shared with you that, you know, like uh, Donald Duck is the Antichrist or whatever. And we're not going to pick on you. Okay, that, that's the thing. Believe me, if, if there's anybody on this program that needs picked on, it is Lauren. Believe you me, folks. Okay? Yeah, 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 I need to be yeah, picked we, on. <laughs> that's it, man. We, we got the playground covered, and, and, and Lauren's it. Okay. <laughs> so get Please, on your I raised my hand on that one, yeah. Yeah, please <laughs> right. pick on me. <laughs> exactly. All right. So anyway, praise God. So um, and then one more thing. Sometimes you need to stimulate people's thoughts. Make them think of things that they would like to talk about. So first, I can tell you, number one, you're not going to ever be disparaged. Nothing negative will be said to you on this program because that's a sin. Um, you, uh, you can share what you want to think. And if, and even if I totally disagree with you, I'm not going to say, well, you know, I totally disagree with you. There's not going to be any of that weird embarrassment or throwing you under the bus or none of that. That is not what this is about. This is about people sharing ideas, testimonies, thoughts, making us think of things that we might not have thought of and making the show interesting. The reason why I brought Lauren on the program tonight was because I knew that just by virtue of him being here and me making fun of him, I would make an interesting radio. Right, Lauren? And put, step away from That's the right. corner please. Cry out loud. The size of that mixing bowl is ridiculous, and there's not enough milk to fill that. Good grief. Where's Ellie Mae? All right, so anyway. So, um, so here are some ideas for topics. So if you have had ever in your life any paranormal experiences, okay, and it, that is your call, what constitutes par- – so you've got to understand, for Lauren, most paranormal experiences is just his normal day. It's a common Wednesday afternoon while he's standing out in his front yard with a sprinkler in his hand. Okay, so, so you, you know, but it's up to you 
have you had any paranormal experiences, strange orbs floating around in your living room and all that kind of weirdness? Okay, that's a great thing to plant as a cool st- – you know, that would be cool to call in and talk about. Another thing would be uh, anybody with, that's had weird near-death experiences, amazing visions maybe from the Lord, seeing of the angels. Have you seen angels? Have you heard angels sing in your life? Have you seen or witnessed amazing divine healings or become, uh, you know, the beneficiary of one of those amazing miracle events? Another topic is UFO experiences. I don't care if the aliens from the Syrian star system came down and had lunch with you and your kids and exchanged presents for Christmas. That is fine for this program. There are no off-limits aliens discussions on this show. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so that's one. Another one is thoughts on the end times biblical timeline. We talk about what we think a lot of times on here, but how could we possibly know all the stuff? We, we can show you why we think it might, and that's a big might, folks, big, big might, why it might go down a certain way. However, what we don't know is what we don't know. If you don't know what you don't know, then how can you talk about what you don't know, Right? Lauren, come on. Okay, so anyway, the other another topic is your your ideas about the global reset, mind control, the control grid that's coming, what how it could affect us, how soon you think it might be implemented. So anything along the global uh, the global reset 2.0, the World Economic Forum, the uh, reptilian shape shifting uh, uh, global satanic control grid. By all means, share what you think. Um, another one, uh, anything that has to do with the universe, the uni- our, our intergalactic God, the trillions of life forms across the universe, how you, how you perceive us ruling and reigning with Jesus, because we don't turn, aren't going to all come walking out of our mansions on a golden street and say, okay, we're, we're going to rule and reign with Jesus right now, so we're going to command that squirrel to go up the tree and then down the tree. In the name of Jesus, everybody together, squirrel go up the tree. Look, we're ruling and reigning with Jesus. Come on, folks. It's bigger than that. And if you've got some ideas on, on some of the cool stuff it might be like, share it. Planet X, Nibiru, how many people out there that are excited? They're weirded out. They're tripped out. They want to hear everything they can think about, everything that's ever been said. They love it. They gravitate toward that subject. Anything having to do with Planet X, Nibiru, what people think, what is documented, who, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff, how it affects weather, all, you know, you got it. That's it. That's that's a hot topic. It might be something that's you know dear to your heart, and you want to talk about it. Amen. Anunnaki, alien species, uh, the the strong delusion. Uh, I God send a strong delusion so that they, the Earthlings, will believe the lie. Okay, the lie is that they are our creators. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think about the David Doetry vision, where he saw a large mothership in a copper shape, a copper copper color, three weeks before the first rapture event? Huh? When do you think that might happen? Uh, what you know? What, how do you perceive the alien invasions? How do you perceive the unfolding of the sixth seal and 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 and, and Isaiah thirteen and Joel two? You know, what are your thoughts? Nuclear war? When do you think it's going to happen? Do you think it's imminent? Think a nuke's going to go off any time now? Do you think that the public service announcement in New York City was a warning to us all that something bad is going to happen up there, and some of the stuff that David Wilkerson saw is going to happen like tomorrow? What are your thoughts? Share them. Like I said, open forum here. Praise God. Uh, just don't be dropping any F-bombs, you know, unless somebody, like, smashes your pinky toe with a hammer. Then we'll forgive you. All right. And then uh, uh, 
<laughs> FEMA camps, okay? FEMA camps, FEMA coffins, uh, the uh, Nazi establishment of the, uh, the the Fourth Reich, uh, you know, the Gestapo rounding up people under the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012 without habeas corpus in the middle of the night. What about pre-Adamic Earth? What are your opinions about pre? What about, what do you think about Atlantis, Lemuria, Muir? Where are they? Uh, you know what was going on before Adam and Eve were injected onto this Earth? Do you not believe that at all? Do you actually believe that Atlantis and Lemuria exi- uh, were on the Earth during Exodus? Okay, which would be an unusual belief, but if you have it, you can share it. All right. Anyway, so if you do call in to the number, which is three one nine five two seven. 6020, press 1 for the host. We will bring you live. Praise God. Now, because I'm feeling muddy adventurous, and because this person's been waiting for a really long time, we're going to go ahead and bring on our only caller. Okay, so I am warning you. Uh, we're, there's no guarantees that this is going to be successful. Okay, so I'm hoping that people will call in and press 1 to talk to the host. Okay? I'm hoping that will happen, but there's no guarantee that it will. All right? This could be a total flop, and we know it. <laughs> Okay, but anyway, on that note, let's go ahead, uh, play the stinger music for moving into this segment of the show, and we're going to go ahead and bring in, uh, bring live, uh, the last four is 3130, and hear what their thoughts are about stuff. All right, praise God, thank you, Jesus, and let's go ahead and head into that part of the show. Here we go. Praise God, thank you, Jesus, and we are bringing on live right now uh, the last four three one three zero. Get ready, two three one live. Are you there, three one three zero? Yes, sir. Hey, John, this is Jim B. Hello, how are you, Jim? I'm doing great. I instructed my wife to take the hammer away from me so she doesn't drop it on my pinky toe so no F-bomb comes out. But, you know, if I had some of those soft, chewy worthers you're talking about, that would help ease the pain. So the most important question question of this whole thing, where does the brother go to get these worthers at? Oh, I buy everything from Amazon. I'm lazy as can be. I don't. I, I, I have. Uh, uh, I call it hybrid agoraphobia. If I have to leave the house, I need like special armor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I buy them from Amazon. But I, I don't know where else they are. Lauren, do you do you have them anywhere up there in some strange named? Uh, 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 you know, no, I don't. I don't know. Because I know, you know, in, in South Dakota, you have to figure you, you're not going to have like Seven Elevens up there. They're going to have some strange wonky oh. name for. What do they call your uh, mini marts up there, Lauren? It's got to be something. Uh, they weird. do have Seven Elevens and uh, Common they Sense. They have those. Common Sense, yeah. Common Sense, never heard of it. See, I told you, everybody, I was yep. right about that. Hallelujah! But anyway, yep. keep on so, going, Jim. Sometimes, sometimes we just lack common sense, then. But uh, that's right. Here, indeed. Here's, here's a topic I would like to present. Talking about Planet X. Of course, you know we we know we go back multiple years when Tom Horn, Chris Putnam got permission from the Vatican. They went out to Arizona to, to Mount Graham. They spent an entire day with the top astronomer out there. And, you know, for the listeners that are not aware of this, you know, feel free to elaborate if you choose to. But the astronomer, the head astronomer for the Vatican, you know, told them of uh, what the Vatican is doing, why they are doing it, you know, the Lucifer, Lucifer telescope, infrared. And basically he said they're looking for a planetary system that is infrared 
and they're looking for it. So my question is this: you know, those of us such as yourself that is that has researched the Planet X system for quite some time, you know, you look at the people like the Gilbrazards, the uh, 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 Masters and all the people, even uh, Stephen Benoon, talking a lot of Planet X for a few years now. But you know, after all this happened, you know, Antarctica. A lot of the leaders went down to Antarctica. You know, a lot of speculation of why they went down there. Are they seeing it coming up from the south? Are they seeing? Are they looking at you know uh, some of the fallen angels? But my question is this specifically with the Planet X system and knowing. That that's going to, in my opinion, that's going to be the big hammer that God created eons ago that's going to fulfill a lot of the prophecies, especially in the book of Revelation. Have you had any insight, uh, any word that has come to you as far as any fairly new updated information as far as a an estimated timeline? Because I, I myself – I'm constantly looking at the sky, especially at nighttime. I'm looking at the chemtrails. I look at the path that chemtrails are are being sprayed, and it seems as if it's covering up the path of the sun from sunrise to sunset. There has been multiple times I've actually went out with my phone, the camera, and I've taken a picture of the sun, and lo and behold, there has been times, not all the time, but there's been times that I've seen objects uh, that I just can't explain what is there. And I've even seen this in the nighttime sky. Um, so once again, I'll bounce that ball back into your court. Have you had any information that you have come across knowing that no one has most likely all 100% all the accurate information, but any updated information that you could share with your listeners as far as the Planet X system? Okay, um, I'm a, I have an unfair advantage on this particular one, <clears throat> although I definitely want, after I share some of this stuff with you, to get Lauren to jump in and comment as well, because he pulls lucky four-leaf clovers out of the back of his neck like some kind of a leprechaun. I don't know how he does it. But anyway, um, I'll throw some things over the wall uh, to you. So um, regarding the various people out there without me naming any names and i'm not saying yay nay indifferent about anybody that you've mentioned thus far because i love them all if they proclaim jesus as their lord and savior then i love them i'm going to pray for them and i'm never going to say anything negative about them what i tend to do is i i act very independently okay um it's part of what the portfolio of things that the Lord has shared with me over the years, and one of those was that I was supposed to do that. I was supposed to act independently, and that God would show me what I needed to know when I needed to know it. That doesn't mean that I don't listen to the other stuff. Now, that being said, I, I do track accuracy. So if there's a forum a podcast where a bunch of believers get together and they say, you know, I got this telescope and I think this and I predict that and this and whatever. I I will watch, you know, I don't necessarily go and listen to the podcast, but someone at some point in time, a listener of the show will say, so-and-so said this, and I'll make a note of it. Thus far, the entire collection, that is all-encompassing, by the way, everybody, and I could, boy, I could name a lot of names. Let me tell you something. Going way back to like 2009, 2010, 
um, all kinds of unbelievers and stuff that have had special shows, Project Camelot, the list goes on. They've never been correct. Not a one. Now, so what do I hang my hat on? Well, I hang my hat on 1 Corinthians 8, 2. If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet as they ought to know. So you should, you should, I just don't believe that making a date prediction is wise. I don't even think that making a seasonal prediction is wise. I'm talking about I think this fall such and such is going to happen. It's the fastest way to fall flat on your face. That is just – that's the evidence. Jury dismissed. That's over a decade of failures fails at the prediction business. Now, what I can share with you is that the prophet Dr. David O'Rourke has had a – but a lot. I don't know if it's a half a dozen or more or whatever the case is of prophecies, but he doesn't get into time. Um, one of them I'm looking at right now is entitled Many Huge Planets to Pass Very Close by the Earth. Well, I take that as a confirmation of multiple things. One thing is that there are those who believe that Nibiru, E.G., Planet X, common colloquialisms for what I believe is a solar system. Now, when I see that Dr. O'Rourke was shown a vision by God that many huge planets are to pass very close to the Earth, I'm quoting this, I'm looking right at it right now. This is from January 4th of 2018. That tells me that those who have studied Planet X and said that it is a failed brown dwarf star system it is literally a solar system and it has five to seven orbiting planets around a brown dwarf that's minus 243 degrees fahrenheit and invisible unless you use infrared optics e.g lucifer uh, uh, you know adapt adapter um that tells me that that is correct that is correct when you have multiple vectors information vectors coming in from different disparate sources so i've got you know i mean who is dr roar I mean, think about Dr. Aurora. He's a medical doctor from the United Kingdom that was called to go and do prophecy work in, in Africa and Kenya. You know, what does he know about Planet X? He probably has never even heard the term. So that validates it for me in my heart. The researchers that believe that we're talking about a failed solar system in, a, in an actual binary star system – uh, that that were at one time were were two yellow dwarf stars, solar systems rotating around one another, which by the way is a very common configuration in the Milky, Milky Way star system, or, or galaxy. So I have that. That's one. I have an a I don't know a plethora, a large collection, if you will, of different prophets over the years. I've I've got some from Julie Wedby that talk about you know. It doesn't necessarily say the word planet X, but it says planets or you know something along that line. So you can make make the uh, connection pretty quick. So I got a co collection of those. Um, we know about the climate change stuff. We know that the, the federal government has released. I, I'll read this colloquial quote, colloquium uh, brief entitled "The United States War College Triangle uh, Triangle Institute for Security Studies." The title of the white paper that was presented to the federal government by this commissioned set of scientists is entitled Global Climate Change National Security Implications, compiled by Dr. Douglas V. Johnson II, Strategic, Strategic Studies Institute. And this was way back in the early 2000s. So they, the federal government has been preparing for, um, you know, global, global catastrophic climate change, not global warming, 
which we're experiencing now, gangbusters, which makes complete sense. I mean, anybody who understands, even new, I'm not a believer in Newtonian physics. I'm more of a believer in a plasma universe that is made up of electromagnetism, and that would explain Newtonian, new, you know, Newton, uh, gravity just as easily. And it would map, you know, very nicely over to everything that we're seeing happening right now. It, you know, if you if you move a highly magnetic object into a balanced solar system, such as ours, of the um, circular orbits on the ecliptic plane would start to turn elliptical. And there was a paper by Lorenzo Lorio, a scientist from Italy. It is currently published on Cornell's University and is entitled On the Anomalous Secular Increase of the Eccentricity of the Orbit of the Moon. And he uses laser equipment, highly advanced, highly expensive. And he has made a white paper that says our moon is no longer orbiting around Earth in a circular manner. It is now elliptical. And he even mentions in the abstract of the white paper that the most likely Newtonian candidates, this is a quote, of that could cause this, I'll, I'll quote it exactly, a potential viable Newtonian candidate would be a trans-Plutonian massive object such as Planet X, Nemesis, or Tyke. So he mentions it. By the way, this is peer-reviewed by scholars all over the world and currently published on Cornell University's website. So you've got that piece. You've got um, – I don't even know how many – like I said, how many of the uh, Dr. O'Rourke ones. There was one where he saw – he said, I was taken into the universe in the outer space, and the Lord God showed me many, many moons lined up. Many moons, he says. You know, So there's a number that have come from him. We know you brought up the the Lucifer instrument, which has been pretty well known for the Graham, uh, you know, Vatican Bat Telescope. Uh, very, uh, very material and relevant. We have um, don't don't even get me going on the endless. Oh my goodness gracious, this could go on forever. We've got, uh, uh, and I'll just go ahead and touch upon a couple of them here. Now, of course, we have the mention of the horrible star that's in Second Ezra 15, verse 20, uh, verse 40, uh, horrible star, that they actually, the people on the earth can actually see it evidently at that point, pretty, pretty reliably. You've got, um, hold on a second, I want to double check this. Okay, good, good, good. 1987, New Science Invention Encyclopedia talks about um, search for planets and a dead star in our solar system. Then you've got the United States News and World Report from September 10th of 1984. Is Planet X really out there? That was the actual title of the of the article. Then you've got another article from the same magazine called IRAS, Infrared Astronomical Satellite in 1983. You've got Washington Post in December 30th of 1983, Heavenly Body Discovered Possibly as Large as Jupiter. You've got the New York Times in 1930 of 1983 says, quote, is something out there? And then it talks direct, you know, explicitly about Planet X. You've got Astronomy Magazine of 1982, which talks about a 10th planet past Uranus and Neptune. Newsweek of 28, uh, June 28th of 1982 says, does the sun have a dark companion? 
New York Times of June 19th of 1982 says some kind of mystery object is really out there, they say. You've got Astronomy Magazine of 1981 says the search for the 10th planet, and it goes into great detail about all of the efforts and expenses and everything that they, that they put through. So again, the the facts, the figures, the indicators that we're talking about a truly binary star system and a failed brown dwarf star that's minus 243 degrees Fahrenheit. It is not visible with the naked eye, which explains all the infrared uh, space telescopes and the why in many of them that were taken to your point down to Antarctica, Antarctica. Why were they taken there? Because all the planets, um, all the planets orbits, this is this is a mystery, and I don't understand it. It's a God thing. But all the planets that orbit in our solar system orbit on what's known as an ecliptic plane. Now, if that isn't the weirdest thing since, you know, Einstein and his freaky haircut, I don't know what is. Because when you consider that a sun just kind of idling out in space supposedly captured planets that were flying by, and they randomly began to orbit the sun, because of the Newtonian gravitational pull, stabilized because of their mass or whatever. How in the world did they end up on an ecliptic plane that's in the shape of a DVD? That is absolutely supernatural. It is impossible. It defies all the laws of common sense. And the very fact that it is a fact is mind-shattering. But most people don't get that. What's fascinating is the people such as uh, Admiral Harrington who took his, told everybody, now they killed him for opening his mouth. Because in the 90s, you didn't talk about Planet X unless you wanted to die. And when he told everybody he was going to pack up, after he talked to uh, Zechariah Sitchin in person, he said he was going to pack up his telescope, go, you know, retire, and go down to Antarctica and watch for the approach. Because the approach of that other solar system is from the south. It's coming in from the southern side of the ecliptic plane. And that's why they all wanted to set up down in, in Antarctica. Um, now, why do we see all the, the two suns things? You know, you type two suns into Google, and you, like you've got like 5,000 hits of people that have taken photographs with two suns. Well, think about it. What we fail to remember, I'm guilty as charged, is how big is a solar system? Our solar system is unbelievably huge. One astronomical unit is 93.3, I think it is, million miles. That's a lot. Now, what I'm trying to paint, the picture I'm trying to paint is that our planets are so far away from one another that another solar system could easily move into, inside of our solar system. And there wouldn't be so much as one planet or moon collision at all. That's how distant our planets are from one another. So when you look, when these people are spotting two suns in the sky, what, they're, what I believe they're really seeing is one of the five to seven orbiting planets around the brown dwarf. Um, there have even been people that made arguments that the brown dwarf itself is not called Nibiru, that, it's, that Nibiru actually is a name that belongs to one of the orbiting planets. I don't know about that. I don't know. I will say this. I believe that um, that uh, um, the book written um, entitled Planet X, The Sign of the Son of Man, 
Okay, X, the sign of the Son of Man, by Doug, Doug Elwell, who we've had on the show several times. He believes it's one. He believes it's one object, that it's not a solar system, failed solar system. I don't agree with that, but I do agree with his hypothesis that Matthew twenty four twenty nine is a direct reference to Planet X. When you see the sign of the Son of Man in the sky, all the tribes of the earth will mourn. It's not the Son of Man in the sky they're talking about. They're talking about the sign of the approach of the Son of Man. What's really fascinating is that correlates directly to the Sarah vision of 1979, where she's shown these events that, for the most part, you can assume are chronological to some degree. And one of those events is the evacuation of what she referred to as the good Christians from the earth immediately after the whole world was able to continuously see this large planetary object in the sky. This was in 79 before anybody had ever coined the phrase Planet X. So I think, from what I can tell, no guarantees, is that it's going to cause a lot of havoc, as it has already been doing. We're going to continue to have two sun sightings in the sky, which are really just, it's our sun reflecting on one of the seven orbiting planets. They're moving through our solar system, which causes this randomness associated with parallax and the viewing and all that other stuff. Uh, ionization of the planet which causes it to glow a certain way when it's moving away from the sun toward us. All those things play a role. But the only thing that explains the multiple twin sun sightings is that those must be the orbiting planets around the brown dwarf. And, um, and there's lots of those. So that indicates that that solar system is already intermingled within the realm of our solar system. Are there going to be any collisions? There's nothing in the Bible that I am aware of that indicates that there's going to be a collision at all, although a lot of people think there is. There's nothing in the ceremony vision that indicates there's a, there's a collision. There's nothing in the Holy Bible that indicates there's a collision. Not even in 2 Esther 15, which ha- talks about the horrible star, suggests there's going to be a collision. So I don't have any indication that there's going to be any event that occurs other than that eventually it will be widely visible by the inhabitants of the earth in the sky but but not you know and making them freak out and oh no 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 but you know what you combine a large planetary object 24 by 7 visible in the sky across the entire world with an alien invasion and the entire population of the world is going to go out in the streets and kill each other so, um, you know, for sure what's going to happen? We don't know. Do we have indicator, indicators from multiple sources that it is eventually going to be visible to everybody? Yes, we do. We have biblical verses that suggest that strongly. Um, we have prophecies, dreams, and visions that support it. But what we don't what we do not have is any trustworthy information from any source that indicates that it's going to ever collide with anything that we'll be able to see. 
we will be able to see it up there, but by that time, I expect the entire world will be in such the, the, the turmoil and the black BLM stuff we see and the riots and the chaos that's going on around the world is nothing, nothing at all in comparison to what I expect we're going to see by the time we get to that stage in the end times, you know, in the unfolding of the end times. So that you may say, well, gee whiz, John, that was very long winded of you. But let me tell you something. I have over 67 pages of research information. And if I wanted to, I could take about seven hour show giving you scriptures and verses from multiple sources and everything else. And I, I didn't want to go there. I did. I, but I did want to hit on the big points um, that are probably the most relevant because this idea that, Planet X is going to arrive. I think we really need to just toss that idea altogether. We got to get away from those podcasts where somebody who has a giant telescope is trying to predict when Planet X is going to arrive. Because I'm pretty sure it's already here. And its planets are already here. The reason why we have signs in the sun and the moon and the star seas roaring and unbelievable uh, cataclysmic weather events taking place all over the world right now is because of Planet X being here. It's here. And so, um, so what does here mean to a human that's trapped on a planet? Define what here means. Does here mean that it's 180,000 nautical, you know, astronomical units? What does here mean? Does here mean that you can see it every day when you look out the living room window and you're having your, uh, you know, pork rinds or whatever? Or cornflakes like Lauren? But anyway, Lauren, on that note, do you want to go ahead and comment? (laughs) Boy, (laughs) you got my head spinning already. Um. Okay, oh, so well then, okay, I can't let that one go. If your head is spinning, then we got to play the sound effect for that. <laughs> okay. There we go. All right. Okay. All right, you're live. Go for it. <laughs> okay, so the the planet X star system. I believe it's a star system, not just one uh, rogue planet floating around somewhere. Uh, so I agree with that, and it's possibly seven planets at, um, currently, and maybe used to have more planets in the remote past. Uh, so, But where did it originate from? Where did this um, rogue star system originate from? So you have some that believe that, that maybe it was a, a binary system to our sun, and then you have others that, that uh, believe it came from the Syrian uh, star systems. There's a Syrian star A, B, and that this one would have been C long ago. And it was ejected out of its um, solar system orbit uh, from the other two and ejected out into space and has then came into proximity of our solar system 1,800 years later, Earth years later, and kind of like slingshots back and forth since then. Okay, so either way, I find uh, possible. Um, But in either direction uh, or either uh, wherever this planetary system originated from, uh, there supposedly is life on one or more of the planets. And uh, when you're floating around out there in deep space, um, you either have to uh, have deep underground um, living facilities just like we've done here on Earth. 
not just in our time, but um, picture in the run-up to Noah's flood, um, that they may have done uh, deep underground living facilities to outride the flood, you know, um, <clears throat> Noah's flood. And then the run-up to Tower of Babel, that, in my opinion, was another global catastrophic event gone underground uh, again, you know. And so now here we are in the third time going deep underground. And uh, so we we should have evidences if that's in fact the case in the pre in the run up to the flood run up tower babel that those the the people in today's time that have ventured down deep into the earth building new tunnels new living quarters would have would have already encountered those previous uh facilities and possibly technologies that were left behind possibly beings left in stasis chambers. Picture, if you will, pre-flood giants being kept in stasis chambers, at least the the ones that survived the flood, because the Noah's flood wasn't just a, a gentle rain that came down, you know, and flooded the surface of the earth and killed all uh, land-based life forms. It was a global catastrophic event. It torqued the earth badly. So Jesus made the the, uh, statement that as in the days of Noah, so there's a lot of weight in what he said in comparing our time to Noah's time. So if we're looking at all the things, technology, we're looking at this Planet X, we're looking at secret space program, we're looking at all this gene editing and CRISPR, that means that all this stuff was done already back then in their time. If we're talking about secret space program developing breakaway civil, human civilizations on other planets, we've already done that. And they very well could be encountering previous human settlements on other planets. And then you have to ask the question, well, if that be the case, then how were those settlements over all this time, how have they adjusted to those planets and how have they progressed in their technologies and understanding the things or have they regressed have they fallen um <clears throat> so it would be very interesting to uh, of course talk to somebody who's been there done that in deep space encountering these things and it could honestly talk to you about these things um without threat of being terminated <laughs> kind of stuff um but Jesus made that statement, so it carries a lot of weight, that what, as in the days of Noah, comparing it to our time now, so what the things we're doing now then would mean that they were doing those things back then. So put that in the back of your mind to reconfigure your thoughts on just how advanced mankind was in the run-up to Noah's flood. We weren't a bunch of primitive nomads, you know, covering the face of the earth, or maybe in one just little local area, and it was a localized flood. This was a global catastrophic event that forever changed the earth, the atmosphere, the water, its very composition. It changed it forever. That could never go back the way it used to be. Humpty Dumpty was forever ruined. All the king's horses and all the king's men, referring to Nimrod, could not put Humpty Dumpty back together again. 
It was absolutely impossible. One of the things that struck me about the pyramids, the, they could have mul- they could have multiple applications of pyramids, but maybe one of the things they were trying to do with pyramids in the run-up to the Tower of Babel was to recreate the pre-flood Earth environment by altering the composition, by altering the Earth's electromagnetic composition to put the waters that had fallen down from above, fallen down, to put them back up, okay, to reconfigure the earth the way it used to be. What? Lauren, um, yeah. there's a uh, there's a particular demographic that is uh, indigenous to the uh, South Arizona desert, um, and one of their elders is on line three. He 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 has a problem with some of the things you're saying. Uh, I think we need to let him, you know, share his thoughts. Here we go. I think he. Sounds upset. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's quite plausible that this Planet X uh, star system came into our solar system during this time of Noah's flood. It was one of the trigger events that actually caused it. So, again, if we compare what Jesus said as in the days of Noah, if Planet X system that we know is coming into our solar system is already here, maybe on the outskirts, but it's already here, it's already exerting its influence on our planets and here on Earth, even our sun, it's exerting the influence. The powers that be of this world want us to believe it's climate change, global warming, global cooling, climate change due to us, to justify eliminating 90% of us from the planet. Well, they want to eliminate us anyway, you know, by whatever means necessary. But they use that as a justification to make us feel guilty for the fact that we're alive. And we should just go all just go off ourselves, you know, make their jobs easier. Um, My opinion is we should make their jobs extremely difficult. Okay, Um, And that would be through prayer and fasting and taking our spiritual authority over them. Okay. We were put here to have dominion. So let me ask Jim. Sorry to interrupt, but let me ask Jim. Jim, yep. um, what, what are given all this information? Much of it, admittedly speculative, and absolutely overlaid with First Corinthians eight two. If anyone thinks they know anything, they know nothing yet, as they ought to know. Which I just assume that there's got to be a wide margin of. Uh, error you know when you take all the collective information no matter how much well it's been vetted there's still going to be a margin of error so what are your thoughts about things that you've heard thus far well and that's a that's a good question i mean a lot of what the two of you have shared are my sentiments also because i even heard uh, a real interview by a nasa official back in the 50s i this was archived pretty darn old clip and there was a NASA uh, official that had even stated and it even came out into a publication uh, he, they actually acknowledged Planet X system and even back back then with the technology that they had in place then they estimated in approximately 50 years it was going to be within our solar system uh, of course you know that 50 years has come and gone but uh, you know not to confuse the matter, I mean, their facts was 
is accurate. They're just their dates were off. But I agree with everything with most of what you guys have said because as far as all the sightings around the world that has been going on for years, now once you try to decipher out the false information uh, from what cannot be uh, you know, falsified, there is no second sun. These objects that people are, are perceiving as a second sun, it has to be one of the objects that is associated with this planet X system, and I agree there's going to be multiple planetary objects, not a single unit, and it's just they are being um, lit up because they do not omit light themselves. Otherwise, they would be visible to us all the time just like our sun is. So it's just our sun. The, the alignment of these objects are close enough right now that our sun is illuminating these objects. So I do – I agree with you both. They are in the neighborhood. They're in the zip code. Now, how close to the zip code? And just like you said, John, and I agree with you 100 percent, the the space between us and our solar system is so vast. It is absolutely mind-boggling. And if we – if this system has five, six, seven, eight objects – that is circle, circling around the core unit, the name of that core unit is, is kind of irrelevant. I think the important fact is it, it's a total unit that is now in our neighborhood. And, Lauren, I agree with you 100%. <clears throat> I think that it, it does lead a lot of validity to the fact that this system came through our system back in the days of Noah. And I and I do feel that the the likelihood that it had such a strong effect uh, on the Earth at that time because it, it it just makes kind of common sense. It was in close enough a proximity to the Earth that it caused the fountains of the Earth to crack open, and the waters of the deep came upon the Earth. Um, <clears throat> so. You know, I, I have to, you know, look at this whole thing. It, it, it's like, how do you eat an elephant? You do it one bite at a time. I look at what the Bible says. I do not find anywhere, whether it's in our canon, the Apocrypha, of any collision. I think the closest thing that we see is when the Apostle John in Revelation looked up and he said he saw what looked like a mountain ablaze. And it was hurled down into the sea. You know what he's describing. Honestly, I feel is whether you want to coin it an asteroid or a large comet. I think it, it doesn't make a difference. It's just a huge piece of this debris that's tagging along with this system. Uh, you know, and I it leads me to believe this could very well be what um, Efren Rodriguez. Was speaking of uh, about the comet, the asteroid that is going to hit off the Puerto Rico area. So, could what the Apostle John seen uh, could that be part of this system in the debris, the junk that is believed that is being brought behind this planetary object or the, this planetary system? So, with all that being said, I do feel I see the the changes. In, in the global atmospheres that's been going around the world for several years now. 
uh, the sun itself, to me, I'm 58 years old. The sun does not look what it looks like when I was a teenager. Now, I, I know we can't stare at the sun. Our eyes are going to be burnt up. But to, it, to me, it seems more of a white collar versus the yellow that we all have thought of throughout the course of the year. You know, if you even see the, the Superman episodes and he talks about the yellow sun, the sun seems to be more of a whitish tint, a whitish collar. And my goodness, does it feel like the sun just scorches your skin anymore when you're big just outside time. for a short period? Big time. Uh, and I it's big time. So it, ain't, it ain't temperature. It's it's. Uh, I just wanted to say it. it we, I've had this conversation with painters, contractors, people that work outside. The guys from Spectrum Cable. We were all talking about it, and even the guy from the engineer from Cable. I'm not talking about one of the young guys. He was like you know, in his fifties, and it, and it, you know, and he said, I said to him, you know, what it's got to be. It's got to be something that's not being detected by our temperature gauges. In other words, it doesn't. Sorry, it doesn't fit into the whole Fahrenheit feels like 103 degrees thing. There is another exactly. heat that's boiling our skin that has to do with some kind of waveform. You know, I don't want to call it gamma particles because that would suggest we we're all going to die. But whatever that is, it makes us feel like we're standing in a microwave. It does. It does 100%. And, and multiple people are saying that right now. And it's not just people here in our country. People around the world, I've heard with my own ears i've seen with my own eyes testimonies people have given the same testimony there is something different with our son so so if we if we be a spiritual scientist and look at this thing you know something is interacting with our son it's not just a solar minimum or or anything of that there's got to be something that is interacting with our son right now and when you look at all the other components all the other dynamics that is, that's in play you know the the, the second son that's being spotted. I, I do honestly feel with everything in me that system is. It, it's not that it's coming in. It, it, it's in the neighborhood. It's in the zip code. Now, how I, I think that as time goes. Now, how much time? That's the big question mark. But I do feel that as time progresses from this point forward, we're going to, the effects that we are going to see on a climatic scale on our planet it, is it, I, uh, the volcanism. I truly feel we, we've seen it at an all-time high within the last few years. Volcanoes and you believe all it's going to get ten times worse, right? You believe it's oh, just going to get unbelievably – yeah, you're right. You nailed it. It has to. It, it's simple. Look, we can be a bunch of kids. We, we can be in ninth grade high school right now sitting there. You know how like they would teach you about stuff and they would have a piece of paper and then they would put a bunch of iron filings on one side and they give you a magnet and you'd roll it around and you go, and you wow, and that's like our planets and blah, 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 blah. Well, I mean, just those basic fundamental childlike, you know, sophomoric examples of electromagnetism are enough to convince anybody that the presence of a brown dwarf would totally throw our entire solar system into a, a pandemonious uh, – um, uh, you know, uh, state where, you know, um, I mean, we, uh, just it, everything that you said, I totally agree with. Oh, and there was even uh, one or two planets. Uh, they were within the inner part of our belt. And I don't remember which specific planets they were, but this was probably, I don't know, two, three years ago that the uh, scientists was actually seeing electromagnetic pulses being lit off around those two planets so they started you know wondering you know what 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 is it what what is having the effect on these planets where they're seeing massive 
electrical sparks that's even going on around the planets themselves. So there's just so much crazy stuff that's going oh, on. That's awesome. And I want that, man. If you yeah. get a link to that, send it over my way. <laughs> okay. Jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Let me tell you what, that, that is interesting to me. The, uh, anything that is electroplasma, electro, you know, the disturbances in the solar system that, man, that is, that's a hot topic here for this homie. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. Cause I, I remember when, I remember when, when, when I, I got hold of that information, I thought, oh my gosh, what, you know, I, I, I knew in, in my, my spirit, I, I felt I knew what was causing the issues with these planets. I mean, obviously I'm not there, but my gosh, you don't have, doesn't take a, a scientist to figure that one out. You know, you got to have something huge, something that is heavily magnetic that, that's causing disruptions like that on the surface of other planets. But, uh, I don't know. I just look at our sun. I look at these spottings of the second suns, knowing what those things are. I look at all the chaos that's been going on, especially from COVID on. It's just like that is when the the, the speedometer on the car, someone just nailed that pedal down to the floor, and everything has just started taking off in, in a speedily manner. So I have to look at all the dominoes. It seems like the dominoes are really being lined up. And, and when this system, I do feel when it, this system gets in its closest proximity to the earth, and that's the big question mark, when's that going to be? I don't think anybody really knows that at this point, but I, you know, that's when we're going to see a lot of these situations, the scriptures and revelation, uh, that's really going to start taking effect. I mean, why why are there all the, the, the elites from around the world for years now been building their underground military bases? We all know why they're doing it. You know, they're, they're, they're doing it to hope to escape of what's coming upon the earth. So that was – that's one of the areas that I have sincere heavy-duty interest in because I, I really think that's like – Thor's hammer that God created eons ago that's going to bring about a lot of the judgments that, oh, that yeah. the Bible speaks of. And, and with that being said, that was my original question to you, to Lauren. You know, was there any updated new inform, information that maybe you okay. guys have come across recently? I got it for you. That, yeah. So, okay, I got yeah. it for you. I see where you're heading with this. Okay, so here's what I'll share. With a margin of error, um, and I would be very, very surprised, having been one of the wrongest people in the world in the last 10 years, for me to admit that I would be very surprised if I was wrong is a very noteworthy and, you know, very noteworthy statement. And this, I tend to be very, although some people might not see me this way, I tend to be very Hey, maybe this could happen with a margin of error of 20%. I'm trying to be rational on how I'm approaching my understanding of things at, a, at any given point with potential for amendments at any moment. Now, all that being said, all right, um, timeline is what you're interested in. So the best that I can – so in order to put together a timeline, in my opinion, you got to drop the telescope, Okay, because anybody out there says, I got a big old telescope and I'm big and bad and I can tell you when, but no, forget it. That's noise. It's absolutely ridiculous. So drop it. Um, as a matter of fact, 
before I will I will play this audio bite. I want I want you to hear this because it might be somebody that you were talking about. Let me just double check. Uh, two minutes thirty five seconds of Neighborhood Plan X. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. Wait a minute. One more time. Okay. Wait. Part two. That could be. Oh, that's part two. All right. So anyway, uh, so I, I want to play the, this audio clip because I think it might be somebody that you've listened to in the past based on what you said. But here's your timeline. Okay. So. Uh, based upon the assumption that the preterists are wrong, that is, those who over history would take the order of things, the order of what happens in Revelation, rip pieces out of it, and say wacky things like Wormwood was actually the Chernobyl meltdown because, you know, it was located in a particular town that when translated actually means Wormwood. And I'm like, no, no. That's preterism. You don't take parts of the Bible that are part of the apocalypse and part of the very, very end of times and go back and map them to something that happened in 1250 A.D. That's preterism. Not a good idea. So based on that assumption being correct, which I know it is, um, then the next assumption that ought to be accurate, because the assumption would be based on this idea that God truly loves us and he doesn't want to trick us. But he does want us to lose our, use our head a little bit. And by the way, uh, caller with the last four, 7864, we're going to move over to you pretty soon. But here's the thought. Why would God call it the first seal, second seal, third seal, fourth seal, sixth seal? You know what? Why would he number them? To trick us? To make us take the third seal and try to map it to an event that happened in 1478 AD? That's ridiculous. So you have to assume that those numbers are meaningful. First seal, second seal. Well, wait a minute. Then are the chapters in chronological order? In other words, the events that the individual chapters talk about, are they in relatively chronological order, if not totally on, you know, and such? The only one that I was able to through much research and years of praying, that is a chapter in Revelation that I know is a fact, actually happens a number of years prior to where the chapter shows up in Revelation, is Revelation 18, the destruction of the great. That's because it's talked about by the angels in Revelation 14 who say, that, you know, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, that great city. So they're speaking in past tense. So it's before Revelation 14, when Babylon the Great falls in Revelation 18. And we also know that Revelation 18 happens right around the time where some of the bride is removed from the earth. I would submit the wheat harvest. But I want to get to, back to the point, because this can really turn to a rabbit hole. The When you line up the individual events, and if your target estimation is maximum impact planet X, we'll just call it maximum impact. In other words, signs in the sun and the moon and star seas, worrying men's heart failing them for fear of things that are coming upon the earth, you know, all that. Sign of the son of man, Matthew 24, 29. If that is your target, and you want to wrap it around the context of multiple prophetic events, prophecies, dreams, visions, things in the, in the um, Bible that you can confirm them against. 
when you take that portfolio of events and information and you you map it, let's say you have this big old table, it's a big old long table, and you create it on, on white, you know, paper, you know, like from a flip chart, you rip off the pages and you tape them together and you fill this long table. And then you make like this big old list of events that are going to happen. And you, and you put them on like little boards so you can move them around and debate it. And you, when you do that, you know, and you look at things that David O'Rourke said, you look at the ceremony vision, you look at, you know, uh, um, Matthew 24 and how it lines up at the end. I mean, not Matthew 24, when they see the sign of the son of the man, son of man coming and all the tribes of the earth will mourn. That's pretty deep. That is way toward the end. As a matter of fact, it seems to appear to line up almost supernaturally with the events of the sixth seal. So I would submit that there is substantial scriptural evidence that indicates that the events that happen in Matthew twenty four twenty nine, the sign of the Son of Man, are the same events that are happening in Revelation 6, verse 12, 13, and 14, okay? Because it, it, it says the same words. It says the same words. Now, it doesn't include all of them in both sections, but you can map them over to each other identically. Uh, you know, uh, but anyway, the sun turning to red, you know, all that stuff. The, the, oh, the signs of the sun and moon, it all maps up. So if you read Matthew 24, 29, and you read Revelation 6, 12, 13, and 14, side by side, you're going to slap your forehead, and you won't even ask for a V8. So that's very, very important when you're deciphering what's going to happen first, second, and third. Why is that? There is no indication from any source, anywhere, biblical, prophetic, visual, it, I mean, vision-wise, or none, that indicates that anybody is going to see any more than we've seen thus far until we get into the sixth seal. It just doesn't appear that, that, you know, and I do think you will enjoy knowing that the movie, the, sorry, TV series entitled Impact about a brown dwarf in our solar system, it's just called Impact, and you have to special order it. It's an old TV series from the mid-2000s. It's all about a brown dwarf. It's about Nibiru is what it is. And in there, a chunk of Nibiru breaks loose. One of its debris field items or whatever hits the moon and breaks a chunk of the moon off of the moon. And it plummets to the earth. And I think that might be prophetic. I think that might be that thing that looks like a mountain on fire falling down in the second trumpet. I'm guessing. I don't know. But what I can tell you is the six seals great earthquake is caused by the Ethan Rodriguez meteor. And um, that can be easily deduced um, by a number of things, but um, it was uh, supported by what Sarah Manet saw. It was, uh, it, it lines up with uh, the testimony of, oh gosh, what was his name? The guy from 1934 that had the global earthquake um, vision and saw all the weirdness in California. What was his name? I forget. But anyway, I've got a whole collection of them that all correlate it. And it indicates that even though the scripture doesn't mention a meter, the great earthquake in Revelation 6.12 that shakes the entire earth, which is re-mentioned during the Gog and Magog War, 
So that means that the, the Gog and Magog war is in progress when the day of the Lord happens in Revelation 6, the sixth seal, at the day of the Lord. So you have every single event, nuclear bombs going off, three days of darkness, the sun uh, turns black as sackcloth of hair. Alien invasion, uh, you know, the stars fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. That's metaphorical. All those events, the sky rolling up like a scroll, there's nuclear bombs going off. All those pieces are tied to Ethan Rodriguez's meteor that is what causes the great global earthquake. Which means that the second trumpet, which happens down the road a ways, because all the, you know, the, the barley harvest and the wheat harvest has already been raptured. You know, 40 days after the three days of darkness, the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair in Revelation 6, 13 or whatever. That, then the wheat harvest occurs, the final, they call it the final harvest. It's the second iteration of the rapture. And then we break into, we go, we deep dive right into the Great Tribulation. First trumpet, fire hits the earth, a third of the grass and the trees burn. Where's that fire coming from? Coming from the sun. It's not some little boy scout running around with a smoky bear outfit on. You know, it, it, it's the sun. And by the way, it aligns up with all of the Ed Dames uh, testimonies about the kill shot, he calls it, and the way that people would behave and how they'd be running here and there. And it's all scriptural. It all lines up. So I, I don't know for sure. I will, say, I will admit this. The, Vatic, the information that's leaked out of the black ops of the Vatican over the years, and this is going back like 10 years, um, they did call the top secret because they have their own black ops. It is top secret. Um, they did call the file that they used to watch Nibiru approaching the Earth through the Vatican Vat remotely. They did call the file Wormwood. But I have to ask myself, given that we're so blessed with as much information as we are, that they're making an assumption and just giving it a nickname that's biblical. And it, I mean, Catholics are not real big on Revelation. I don't know how much you know about Catholicism, but it's not their favorite book of the Bible. So I'm not going to give a lot of credibility to whatever they're calling it. But anyway, um, I don't know. You know, I, all I can say is that when you look at the entire body of uh, knowledge, as much as you can get your hands on, it appears that as World War III is in progress and the Gog and Magog invasion is on progress, at some point there will be an alien invasion occur, which has been seen by so many people, it's unreal. And um, eventually some people, the people of the Earth will be able to see something up in the sky that looks threatening, another planetoid object potentially heading this way. Uh, there's even a scene in the, in the movie Deep Impact with Danny Glover as the president where uh, the meteor that was heading toward the Earth got so big in the sky that it, w it was the same size as the sun, and it was like a twin sun in the sky for a large portion of the movie Deep Impact. So I don't know what's going to happen for sure, but when I see when I see Sarah Manet from 79 going, people on the earth didn't see it until just before Jesus came to get the good people. And when she said that, I was like having like this major aha moment. But that that's the best I can wrap it in. I don't have, you know, we don't have dates. We don't know 
for sure. And quite honestly, I pray in Jesus' name, I am not here to find out from the viewpoint or vantage point of the earth. But anyway, I, I hope that's even mildly helpful, um, you know, to try to wrap it in the context of other events so that at least from a contextual event unfolding standpoint, you would be able to reasonably estimate a possible year or so whereby it may become visible to all people on earth. But like I said, if my estimation of when the barley harvest, the first fruits harvest is going to occur is remotely accurate, then we're going to be gone, you know, by then. Uh, and we'll see it, you know, as part of the cloud of witnesses, praise God. But did you want to add, uh, we're going to jump over to 7864 in a second here, but Jim, did you want to add any um, additional ideas or closing comments? Uh, no, I just appreciate your time on everything. Um, you know, as I told you several years back, your show is kind of like trying to take a drink of water out of the fire hose. Uh, nothing has changed with that, and I truly appreciate everything that you've done, John. Well, that's very kind, and and we also thank Lauren for eating more cornflakes than any other human west of the Mississippi. <laughs> right? But anyway. That's right. I stay like away from the Werther's. <laughs> stay away from the Werther's. They're all mine. <laughs> anyway, praise God. This is a very, very powerfully interesting subject for an awful lot of people, and I'm awfully glad, Jim, that you visited us and joined and you know and joined in and chimed in on ideas because at the end of the day, we have to all admit, ultimately, while we have some maybe strong-ish reasons why we believe a particular thing, um, there, the margin of error is very noteworthy. And I, and we, I think we all have to acknowledge that we need to be ready to be in for a big surprise at any moment. <laughs> anyway, all that being said, thank you so much, Jim, for joining us tonight. God bless you, brother. God bless you both. All right, take care. And we're going to go ahead and put you on listen mode. And we are now jumping over to... Uh, last four of 6874. And uh, again, you know, paranormal experiences, UFOs, NDEs, biblical timeline, global reset, university, planet X, Anunnaki, whatever you feel, pre-edemic earth. And here we go. You can talk about whatever you feel led to talk about. Here we go. We're going to bring you live right now. Good evening, 7864. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm well, John. Thank you. Thank you, John. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's a Wednesday night. Yeah, I want to do yeah. something weird and different for a change. So anyway, praise Jesus, you know, whatever. It's all good. Yeah. Um, okay. This is this is Brad. I've had a few uh, emails with you over the last few years, and I appreciate everything you do. Um, I've been listening to you since probably early 2015. I was just searching for some Dr. Deagle stuff, and, and he was on your you know, I got led to you, and I haven't stopped since. So, thank you. Um, well, it okay. just goes—it just goes to show that, show that we're all being negatively affected by the rays of Planet X as it gets closer. But no, I'm just kidding. But anyway, uh, go on, <laughs> Brad. It's nice meeting okay, you. Okay, so thank you, John. Uh, so I just had a quick question, and perhaps um, Lauren would be able to. So the the, the courts of heaven scripture scripture. So Zechariah chapter three. When Joshua, the high priest, is standing uh, before the angel of the Lord, and then Satan, uh, the accuser, is standing right there um, in the courts of heaven. And so then uh, I understand that obviously that's the, uh, uh, like the highest dimension or the higher 
a, a very high dimension. So, and then when Lauren has talked about in you as well, John, like in Job 38, 31, where um, can thou bind the, the sweet influence of Pleiades or loose the bands of Orion? So this being like the fallen one third of the universe where they don't, where, where, where I guess the fallen angels wouldn't have access to go through the bands of Orion. Um, I just have a little bit of cognitive dissonance um, in my ignorance with the courts of heaven scripture in the highest dimensions or the higher dimensions that I, than I understand that Satan would have access to, to accuse, to try to accuse Joshua, the high priest, but not having access to get through the bands of Orion. Um, does that make sense? That question? Oh man, that's absolutely brilliant. That is an absolutely well thought, um, uh, brilliant question. Um, the only thing that I can figure, and then I'll toss it over to Lauren because I'm sure he has a different opinion, and it is an interesting, it is exceedingly interesting and very valid, relevant question. Now, the only thing that I can figure is that when you look at the scriptures about, you know, say you do angelology, you know, research against the scriptures, and you read, you know, the whole Old Testament again, you read the New Testament, you know, and you map out and you say, oh, okay, here's a story about angels, but this is a man angel versus a spiritual angel. You know, the angel that visited, um, uh, you know, uh, Daniel in what, 10 or 9 or 10, you know, eyes of barrel, feist like lightning. Daniel freaked out. He threw himself on the ground like a crazy person, probably had a belly, belly whopper on the ground, um, freaking out because of this angel that showed up to him, which is very different than in Hebrews where it talks about us unwittingly entertaining an angel that means you know i don't know about you but i'm not having scrambled eggs with an angel that has eyes of lightning and a, and a face like burrow so anyway so um i'm kind of with with uh, daniel on that one i think i'd probably throw myself on the ground and start to cry now based on that alone what what we know pretty quickly with a whole lot of gaps is that there are two manifest two key that's the key word <laughs> two key manifestations of angels those that appear like men angels, which obviously have, have incarnated somehow into a man body, a human body. Um, and then you have the manifestation of spiritual angels or angels that are still in their spirit body, which is what we're going to ultimately, you know, the, you know, that's why first Kings 20 through 19, when it talks about, you know, how are we going to kill King Ahab and one spirit said one thing to another and da, 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 da. that reference to a spirit really is a minor God. When we leave our human bodies, we become spirit beings of light and love, but we actually still have bodies. Okay, but but we're in, you know, but we think, see, we were programmed from kids to think of the spirit, you know, Casper, the friendly goes and we float around some kind of foggy ether or whatever. That is not true. We have to completely change our glossary of terms and our understanding of what the word spirit means. I prefer the word minor God, because, by the way, that is entirely scripturally uh, validated. Now, all that being said, the, um, the, uh, the uh, you know, concept of the materialization or arrival, if you will, of a spiritual or a spirit being angel versus one that comes down, it incarnates, it needs to be transported through space because otherwise space, the harshness of space will kill it. You can't, you can't, you can't um, incarnate into a human body and then say, hey, I'm going to enter into this hologram on the other side of the Orion belt. In this, uh, you know, fallen portion of the 
you know, universe or whatever. Uh, and, 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 and like say, oh, I'm just going to coast over to earth and fly there like some kind of a bald eagle or something. No, they're, they're going to need technologies. They've entered into that angel in a human body at that point is now vulnerable to death if it's exposed to the elements of space. So it's going to need a quote technology, a chariot to move from the point that it enters into the human body, wherever that may be. Now, whether that's on planet heaven or some other place, I don't know. It, it, maybe it's where the sons of Arturus hang out. Who knows? But when you differentiate between an angel that is incarnated into the human body that follows a whole different set of rules versus an angel that is dispatched from heaven as a spiritual being like that which visited Daniel and scared the living dickens out of him. Those are two completely different beings. And and then when you reflect back to Stephen and when he was, uh, you know, hammered by all the rocks and there was a parting like an interdimensional, you know, wormhole parting of the uh, d- dimensions in such a fashion that he, Stephen, even as he's being stoned, was like, wow, there's our Heavenly Father and Jesus on the throne. You know, so there's got to be this entire different set of rules that the sons of God and the heavenly office of God are able to execute under with some limitations that require them to go through. Like I would believe that the angel that any angel that shows up as a man angel on the earth, it either incarnated on the earth or if it incarnated before it got to the earth, it needed to come on a spaceship. Let's just be for real. It had to be on a chariot of fire. That's the only way they could go through space without exploding. All right. Now, if they incarnated, if they came to the earth as a spirit being and then incarnated into a human, then it would be a different set of rules. But, but when you differentiate between the spirit manifestations of angelic beings versus the men angels that are all over the Bible – then that might be the answer. There may be a completely different set of rules that don't have to follow God's implementation of physics at the creation of the universes and and at the establishment of our hologram that we're currently in, obviously. You know, we, we don't know when those rules were made, but the assumption would be that God knew the beginning from the end, so the rules were probably made back when all the universes were being created. So if that be true, physics already existed. God's following his own physics, and the only thing that could break the rules of physics would be a being, potentially a spiritual angel manifestation or a minor god, that came down to the earth in a manner that defies God's physics. In other words, the Orion Belt doesn't apply to them. They're coming through the interdimensional, uh, you know, uh, they're moving from the heavenly realm, which I believe is a planet anyway, and is multidimensional and probably multi, multi-universe. But because um, God would need a headquarters, right? He's not just going to float around somewhere, you know, so um, it just makes sense. But um, that's my long-winded estimation of what would different, you know, differentiate between, uh, you know, those who were subject to the laws of physics associated with the Orion Belt and all that kind of stuff, versus 
the spirit beings that are sent to Earth on a special mission that have almost certainly limitations. The one thing that you notice about spiritual manifestations of angels in the Holy Bible consistently is they're limited in what they can do. They can do certain things, but they, they're not going to have scrambled eggs, you know, scrambled eggs and bacon with you. Okay, so they're not going to go over to Lot's house, knock on the door, and be chased by homosexuals. Okay, so when you make that differentiation, then it then you start to have this aha moment and go, well, there must be a different set of rules for when God makes a decision whereby he is going to go direct from the realm that, that his headquarters, Mount Zion, is located – and um and uh you know and um you know and the, and the, you know the significance between that type of a manis- manifestation versus a uh men version one that is a participant direct participant of the fallen state that we're in and hologram that we're all living in right now so anyway sorry for it being like incredibly long-winded but uh it's a kind of a complicated concept to be able to articulate very well (laughs) sorry about that brad um did you want to get lauren to comment because i'm sure he's got something way out there that he wants to (laughs) i love i love it i used to to talk to lauren until like two o'clock in the morning just listening to him come up with all kinds of wacky stuff i love it all right, you ready to be whacked out? <laughs> okay, we have um, Lucifer was first created of all created beings. All right, Jesus is firstborn, but Lucifer was first created. So he was first created for a specific reason. We find that in Ezekiel chapter 28. The, the story of him, how he was created, what his role was, and then what happened to become Satan. So that's from verses 12 through 19. And he was, uh, verse 12, uh, 12, for example, you were, this we're talking past, past tense, so something happened here, so he's no longer the seal of perfection, but you were, it's God talking to this being you were the seal of perfection now does that sound like there's imperfection anywhere that god created a hidden flaw within this particular being that's uh, who we call lucifer uh pre-knowing that lucifer would someday trip up on purpose you know that god purposely put imperfection into lucifer when it says when god is saying you were the seal of perfection doesn't that sound like he had no flaws whatsoever, not even a hidden flaw? The seal of perfection, full of wisdom. That's godly wisdom, full to overflowing with godly wisdom and perfect in beauty. Of all that God uh, created beings that God had created after Lucifer, Lucifer was perfect in beauty. I mean, overflowing in beauty. And then 13, you were in Eden, the garden of God. This is not the Eden that Adam was brought forth in. This is a different Eden, a higher dimensional Eden, an Eden that existed before the angel wars broke out. This is an Eden within the original creation. This is an Eden that was before 
you might say, before the throne room of God, so to speak. Maybe not directly in the throne room, but uh, maybe close by, you know. Um, and every precious stone was your covering, and list nine stones. And the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. So he was in charge. Uh, a lot of people believe he was in charge of worship, to lead the other angels in praise and worship. And so that would seem to be true on this particular sentence here, workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, charge of praise and worship. But the nine stones, where do we find this kind of description elsewhere in the Bible? But in the breastplate of Aaron. Aaron was the first high priest of the children of Israel, the first one, and he had a breastplate of 12 stones, each stone representing a tribe of Israel. Each tribe at the head of each tribe was a son of Jacob. Now, do you see the correlation here? <laughs> okay, that these nine stones, he was the living breastplate before the throne of God. The living Ephod, he was the high priest creation as it existed at this time. He was the high priest representing the creation that God had created. And each stone represented a tribe of angelics. So that means the nine stone covenant Lucifer was the high priest of the nine-stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. And at the top of each tribe was an individual angel that God had created for those specific role represented by the stone. Okay, so there were other um, uh, top-tier beings that God had created. Um, and I might get into that a little later on, but we're focused here on Lucifer. So he is the high priest of the nine stone covenant of the nine angelic orders. Jesus, on the other hand, was always meant to be the high priest of the 12 stone covenant. Okay, so we move on to verse 14. You were the anointed cherub who covers. Covers what? Some believe was the... Um, um, in the throne room of God, the uh, mercy seat. Okay, there was two cherubs covering the mercy seat. That's probably applicable. But his role was to cover God's creation, what God had created up to this point, and, and thereafter was to cover it. And God says, I established you. It's like I appointed you. I tutored you. I brought you forth for this very role to cover my creation. And you were on the holy mountain of God. That's God's top governmental structure that rules over all creation, which involves not just our universe, but multiple universes, multiple realms, multiple dimensions, multiples of everything, and then smorgasbord of life forms all in all. But the holy mountain of God is God's top governmental structure uh, running the show, so to speak. It's a huge creation. It's huge. I mean, it's so huge, you just can't wrap your mind around it. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. That would be the other top-ranking angelics that God had created after Lucifer, but they're top-ranking. They're also involved in 
the holy mountain of God, God's top governmental structure. Verse 15, here comes the clincher. You were perfect in your ways. Day you were created. Does that again sound like God put a hidden flaw in Lucifer pre-knowing? Okay. Would that make God culpable in Lucifer's fall? And if so, then what kind of God are we talking about here? One that purposely sets his creation up for a fall of billions and trillions and quadzillions of life forms that were destroyed during the angel wars and onward in, into this fallen one-third, that that was God's will, that he would purposely destroy so much of his creation? I doubt it. This was a sovereign act of Lucifer's will to depart from the will of God. Now, we might get into reasons why would he do that. Further reading down is because of his, uh, for example, verse 17, it says, Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. And we also understand his pride. His pride got in the way. Pride welled up with him. Well, he was like the right at the right hand of well left hand no I don't mean the right hand of God because that's Jesus's position even at this time Jesus' position was at the right hand of God the Father this might have been in the left hand the left hand position Lucifer high priest over all creation okay now as high priest he enjoyed the position the perks the privileges okay and he did not have the buck stops here responsibilities that go with creation. That rested with the Father and Jesus, okay? But Lucifer benefited. Why would he risk that? Just for some pride? Okay? What what was it that tripped him up? What triggered him to deviate from God's plan, from what God had set him? I mean, that's the, that's the highest position to be the high priest, is no small thing. And this was before sin entered into creation. So the role of the high priest was a, was a, he was to take the latest word of God from the very throne room out to the rest of creation and then to bring back to the throne room before God the praises and petitions of all the peoples. So, Lauren, that we Lauren would, I, yeah. I hate to interrupt, but I don't hate to interrupt. Circle this back directly to the question that right. Brad brought forth. Now he dropped, getting, but don't yeah, take the long. Don't take the no, no getting there. <laughs> okay. No, I'm sorry. I'm going to cut you off. I'll cut your mic. You need to tell us why. Don't give us yeah. the long story. Tell us why. To Brad's question, because he's dropped. All right. Tell us why this demonstrates, in any sense of the word that we're in a fallen one-third that's entrapped on the other side of the Orion Belt. Tell us why. Direct and to the point. Really important that you do this. Because we got to answer Brad's it, question. And we're going about it. We're going around Antarctica, and then we're going over South Africa, and then we're following Magellan's route. And just how does this tie in to us being in a fallen one-third? Directly, if you can do it. This is a challenge. Verse 17, verse, verse 17 continues, I cast you to the ground. He was cast out of the mountain of God and cast down to the ground. That correlates over to Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12, 13, 14, and below there, where Lucifer fell 
from heaven. Okay, so he was then so you're tying that into the in, trap that we're in, essentially. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So that he became entrapped in what would become the fallen one third. So this Got involved it. a big chunk of God's original creation that that whether um, it became behind enemy lines that God had to put into a sandbox situation, a DMZ. And oh, that's reflected in sense. Job 20. I love it. Job 26. Job 26, um, there's a revealing, ver, uh, Job 26 is revealing in a lot of different ways. But in verse 16, uh, a lot of people know this. He drew a circular a circle on the face of the waters at the boundary of light and darkness. There's your separation wow. right there. The boundary of light and darkness is the DMZ, the neutral zone. The, the, yeah, Job 26, verse uh, 16. The boundary of light and darkness. That is the boundary so it's of like, that. It's like where the Starship Enterprise hits the edge of the galaxy. Yeah, and the it's neutral like going, zone. Yeah. You know what I mean? The neutral is that zone. It? Reflected here on planet Earth is the DMZ between North and South Korea, Iron Curtain, uh, post-World War II between communists and West, you know, East, See, East, you can Europe, do it, West, man. Europe, Iron I am going to send country. you a medal, man. I'm going to – there's a website. <laughs> I forget what it's called. It, it's where police officers go to get badges, and you can get all kinds of really cool, very nice medals and badges and rewards and things. I'm going to go there and buy you one because tonight you broke through, bro. I've known you for yeah. 10 Ten plus years, maybe longer, probably closer to like 11 or 12. And this is the first time you have eloquently and successfully got directly to the point, which is awesome. Okay. Because what happens is, you know, when, when we take the long journey, it just, um, it look, it loses me. I'm like sitting here going through protein bars going like, I wonder if I have one of those like Werther's in here. You know, <laughs> you know? the problem is the journey's too long and our minds are like overwhelmed with like Werther's candies. And so, you know, but when you brought the point home, the Job 26 and... You know, the specific verses. That was a winner, man. I'm very happy. I mean, if there was one, you know, big win takeaway from all of the contributions tonight regarding that particular topic. I mean, you know, you nailed it, brother, and congratulations. You'll just have to help okay, me pick verse, out a reward verse, one. <laughs> verse six, I'm sorry, it's verse 10, not 16. My, my glasses were missed. <laughs> verse 10, I'm sorry, folks. Job 26, verse 10. So it starts out, he drew a circular horizon, a circle on the face of the waters. The face of the waters, where have we read that somewhere before? Genesis 1, verse 2, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. The deep translates more accurately into the abyss or the waters. So right here in verse 10, we have a connection with the second verse in Genesis chapter 1 that reflects the angel wars. That God allowed it to go so far, but only so far, and then he put an end to it. And the six days of creation story, that's the traditional version, but the real story is the six day ages of restoration of the fallen third via God's plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation because he was not willing that any should perish. 
On day one, he could have held final judgment. The great white throne judgment could have been held on day one. But instead, he embarked on a bold plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation for that which became lost. Even those who were innocent of all charges, innocent bystanders in this angel wars within this fallen one-third, but they were held captive by Lucifer. And we find that if we read further down Isaiah chapter 14, he did not uh, be verse 17, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities. That means there used to be cities on this planet prior to Genesis 1, verse 2, that were fully populated, and the planet was not a wilderness. It was teeming with life. It was a showcase planet, but it was made into a wilderness. The angel wars most likely started somewhere else, but it ended up here. Wow, that and is who amazing. Did not open, who did not open the house of his prisoners. He took prisoners. He took POWs. And that correlates into what Jesus tapped into in Isaiah, is that he came to set the prisoners free. Yeah, and we are the prisoners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And we are. We're in a prison now, planet. Paul now, said to, I'm to prisoner answer, of Christ. But we're not going to go deeper into this because we're going to wrap up the show yeah, right yeah, now. I have, I have we, to answer we, Brad's question. Um, well, why okay, is Lucifer, why. Is Lucifer, why is Lucifer then allowed to go before God? Because that one, that was his previous job assignment, job description as, as high you. priest. Two, is he can't, no one can just cross over the DMZ on their own volition. If Lucifer comes across the DMZ, the sandbox containment system, it's because of God's permission and under heavy angelic guard. God wow. is not going to allow that containment, the, the contaminant of sin, rebellion, and death to infect his unfallen two-thirds. So Lucifer, even though he comes before, he's under heavy angelic guard. And then he's escorted back across to the DMZ and across the DMZ back into the fallen one-third. Wow. Okay. Well, no, I think that's that's a, that's an excellent hypothesis. It makes complete sense to me. I knew that there was some kind of a division between angels or or sons of God, really, sons of God. I don't like using the term yeah. angel, God, spirits, because, you know, the similarities are so close, and most people don't get that. But I knew there had to be an exception to the physics rules that keep us entrapped in this part of this hologram that we're in. I got that. I knew those rules were for real, and I knew that they applied to virtually any being, but there had to be an exception. Otherwise, Stephen wouldn't have seen God and Jesus on the throne when he was getting, you know, and all that stuff, you know, the, the lights, eyes of, you know, lightning, face like barrel, all that kind of stuff that, that Daniel went through. That is not a normal, you know, man-angel man manifestation. That is a spiritual angel. So those are those indicate clearly that there's two sets of rules. But when you add in um, the concept that uh, God keeps Satan under heavy control when he's allowed out of the, you know what, that makes total sense. You know, that aligns to, you know, these visits and the motion of uh, prisoners that are under the strictest of, you know, if, if you're in like the supermax. And they got to, like, bring you yep. to, before Congress to testify or whatever. You're going to have choppers in the sky. You're going to, 
<laughs> you're going to have right. 50 balls following you around. And you know what? You have a good point there. I would not at all be surprised if that were the case. Yep. It's either yep. that or God has some supernatural E.G. beyond our understanding. Don't, let, don't make me go all Arthur C. Clarke on everybody. But some method, not too unlike Stephen seeing God and Jesus on the throne, not too unlike the angel that showed up before Daniel, but some method whereby certain sons of God, including Satan, where God's able to open up like a wormhole and allow them to move through it under restrictions of some sort. You know what sure. I mean? Absolutely. I'm just, yep. The only thing I'm saying, I'm saying the same thing that you were saying, but the only thing that I was adding to it is it might be even simpler than what we're imagining. Most of us are thinking like, oh, we, oh, we, oh, oh, and all these like monkey creatures, like, you know, chasing after Lucifer and, you know, but it could be just something simple as allowing you know, God doing whatever supernatural, powerful thing that he could do, you know, talk to the four and 20 elders, you know, pull some big red lever that opens up some, some kind of a wormhole or portal. But, you know, you, you see where I'm heading with this? We don't know the method, but it makes complete sense that it would be under the utmost of control by our Heavenly Father. Hmm. Anyway, on that note, since we got nobody else uh, queued up to uh, come live on the program, uh, uh, you know, and we're very close to the, t- the 10 o'clock hour, which is, uh, you know, longer than we normally do programs, um, uh, it was fun. Uh, we had Brad and Jim on the program. We talked about two incredibly interesting subjects. Uh, and, um, you know, I don't know. I kind of hope we can do this again. Um, so I will look forward to feedback to the people that are regular, you know, listeners of the program uh, via email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com or over Hangouts, you know, if you use Google Chat or whatever. Uh, same same email, jbaptist777 at gmail.com. But if you, you know, if you want to let me know how it went, uh, you know, what we definitely want to try to attract the attention of more people that want to come on and talk about you know, other subjects as well, because uh, I think it's fun to share ideas and um, and consider what each one of us can sharpen from the iron sharpens iron standpoint of our walk, uh, especially as the days grow darker and our advanced understanding of things it becomes ever so much more important. But anyway, God bless you all for joining us tonight. Thank you, Brother Lauren, for being on the program tonight. This was a lot of fun. I loved it. Uh, it was fun poking fun at each other and maybe making a couple of people smile along the way. So anyway, God bless you all for joining us. We will God see bless. you yep. on Friday at 7 p.m. for the Friday Night Prayer Vigil. Lord willing. Thank you for joining Amen. us. Thank you, Lauren. It was fun. You bet. You made God it, bless. You, you, bet. Bet. you made it to the end. I can't believe it. You didn't have to press any funky buttons or anything and go like, oh, no, I've blown something up. Yep. <laughs> you know? Way to go. All right. All right, just yeah. let me know what you want me to get for a, a reward or something, you know, because you did a good job. Sure. Okay. Bye. They noticed that the mercy of grace redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise His holy name. Praise the King of Kings. 
When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you, we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpets sound for me? Till then we will endure We are the branches on the living tree When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Watch us as we trim our wicks Our lamps are full Our hearts are right Like those five wise virgins We will be Your bride awaits Please patiently Longing for that blessed sound that will rise. The churches gather, we're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know 
all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.